Nissan and the Best in the Galaxy sweepstakes. You could win your own custom Solo A Star Wars Story inspired Nissan. Visit NissanUSA.com slash Solo for entry, full details, and to view official rules. NissanUSA.com slash Solo. Hello Cleveland! Hello Cleveland! A small rebel force has penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. This is where the fun begins. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. Solo in Ohio, a very special edition of Rebel Force Radio here, May 25th, 2018, and what a pleasure it is to be here with all of you. Thank you so much for coming out and joining us at the beautiful Playhouse Square here in downtown Cleveland, the Kennedy's Cabaret. Wow, what an honor it is to be here, and it's a special thrill for me. I have the pleasure of working here each and every day with a couple of people here in the audience, and uh, it's just absolutely thrilling. I do have to say, though, and this is uh, rather important. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Is there anyone here who has not seen Solo, A Star Wars Story? But we have to uh, just say that up front. We're going to spoil the hell out of this movie, okay? We're going to talk about (laughs) all of it. Uh, We saw it last night, and a few of you were there. Where's Rick? Is Rick here? Rick from San Francisco. There's Rick. All the way from San Francisco. Rick, you must be very lonely. Uh, (laughs) No. (laughs) And uh, where are our friends from uh, Atlanta? Where are they? Where are Atlanta friends? I don't see them. No, they ditched us. Did they really? Yeah, they, they, they came all the way from Atlanta and they missed the yeah, podcast? To ditch us, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe. There is a lot of traffic in Cleveland I tonight. know, there is. Well, uh, for you locals, we've got the Cleveland Cavs. Game six tonight. Go Cavs! I have a friend backstage who's very, very nervous. Uh, and has reached the point in his life where he can't watch the games anymore when they get to playoffs because he just paces and it just ruins his whole day. So uh, we'll, hopefully he's, uh, he's uh, keeping score. What time does the game start? Is it now? 8, 8.30? Okay. All right. We will not have you out by 8.30. We're no. going to go all night with this show. <laughs> but, and we had some friends from uh, Detroit. Was it Detroit? That joined us? Detroit. Is are, Detroit are here? from Detroit here? Detroit in the house. Grand okay, Rapids. Okay, close enough, right? Yes. <laughs> Grand Rapids. Uh, let's see. Anybody travel further than San Francisco to be here? I think Rick gets the, uh, yes. the tortoise statue for this. I don't think anybody. Is anybody else from outside of Ohio? Oh, really? Where are you all wow. from? Detroit. Detroit? Okay. Detroit. Philly? Right? New York? Kentucky. Wow. Anyone else? 
Baltimore in the house. Thank you all so much for coming out. This wow. is really thank you guys. On Memorial Day weekend. Amazing. So I should say I'm not alone here. Of course, uh, we are anything but solo in Ohio right now. We've got this incredible group of listeners, as well as my good friend and yours from Chicago, Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Cleveland Star Wars fans. Yes, it's so good to be with you guys. We saw Solo, you saw Solo, so we got a lot to talk about. Especially that little cameo from that Sith Lord from uh, the days of old that I still can't wrap my head around. Now, last night, Jason and I, along with Billy Mac, we got together out just right outside the theater here. We were spread out on the sidewalks. On, uh, and and uh, w- w- what do you call that plaza? Yeah, U.S. Bank Plaza. U.S. Bank Plaza. Right. And we mm-hmm. recorded Rebel Force Radio live raw reactions to Solo, a Star Wars story. Did anybody listen to that show? It got released today. If you yeah, we just released it, heard it hours ago. So Robert completely crashed our, our show. Did you hear Robert? Robert was just <laughs> yes. wandering around the city. One of the, Cleveland's best, yeah, actually. 2 a.m. Yes. You know, just looking for booze, man. Just, just looking for booze. <laughs> Fa- favorite character, Dark Vader. Right. Dark Vader. And that little guy. Uh, the little guy. It took us a little while to figure out that it was Yoda he was talking about. Right, but, I thought uh, he was talking about me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was Yoda. Uh, but, but so, yes, we have recorded our initial reactions, and uh, we're probably going to delve a little bit deeper into that. But we have some friends along for the ride today. And uh, they're also going to break down the film with us. And also, we want to hear from you guys. Yeah, so we have a microphone right. right in front here. Feel free to walk up to it any time, and we'll bring you right into the conversation. Yeah. Also, we have an open bar here. and uh, there's, Who are uh, our bartenders, by the way? What's your name? Bernadette. 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 Who else? Jillian. 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 Bernadette and Jillian. Give it up for Bernadette and Jillian. Please make them very, very busy tonight. And tip them well. Tip yeah, them well. Right, right. That's great. So, and, and feel free to buy your uh, show hosts a, a beverage. If, it, <laughs> if you feel the urge, we won't refuse it. That's all I'm saying. Certainly not. Certainly yeah. not. Okay. Well, as Jimmy said, we, are, uh, we do have guests. And uh, starting with uh, my brother in the force, Jimmy's blood brother, For real? Billy Mac, there back there. Is. Come on, Billy Mac. Come on out. Billy D. McInerney. Came all the way from Cloud City to join us for Solo, a Star Wars story, opening night. How's it going, Bill? It's going pretty good. All right. How are you doing? All right. Right off on there. Billy D. Mac in the house. So let's uh, punch you up there. Do we have his mic on? Do we have your microphone? Yeah, I'm on. Yeah, all right. Do a little sound check, Billy. A little sound check? Uh, Check one, two, one, two. Oh, that's that sounded smooth. Well, I gotta get those smooth vibes going, if you know what I mean. <laughs> now, a lot of you may be wondering: uh, no Billy D warm up, no Lando warm up. That was not necessary because we've kept Billy D McInerney very busy with uh, Lando Calrissian impersonations all day long for our own mere oh, enjoyment. It is absolutely <laughs> exhausting. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't give him any downtime. We wanted to make sure he was really nice and tenderized by the time he got behind the <laughs> microphone tonight for you guys. And uh, what's so funny is that, Bill, you were referencing a rare Billy D. Williams video earlier today. So can you uh, explain what that video was and then 
take us on a journey, a little recreation. <laughs> wow. Well, the the video, I don't know if it's that rare. I'm sure a lot of you guys have the Blu-ray, the uh, classic Creatures documentary uh, from the uh, early 80s, the vintage documentary with, with Billy Dee and Carrie Fisher. Um, so... Yeah, I was I was watching that and enjoying that. It has a lot of Billy D uh, explaining He's the narrating magic about the how fantastic the creatures are and all that, right? But I really can't. Well, if you really want a taste of what Billy D has to say in that documentary, I I do have to. I, I am kind of a method actor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is. <laughs> Hold on. The, the mustache has been applied, ladies and gentlemen. This is we some serious seen stuff. This. He's not let us show. Uh, we have not. I have to this. go. I have to take a picture of this myself. So hold on. Uh, how you? <laughs> <laughs> how you doing, Chewbacca? <laughs> you guys still hanging around with these losers? <laughs> Welcome, I'm Lando Calrissian. I'm the administrator of this facility. Oh, yes, yes! That's the stuff! That's the stuff right there! All fighters report in. Now, something I wanted to tell you about is that some creatures inhabit our dreams and nightmares, and others come to us from the movies themselves. Like this guy. Salacious Crumb. His Peter Lorre to Jabba the Hutt, Sydney Green Street. Nobody gets that reference, Billy Nobody T. Nobody gets that. <laughs> that was dated in 1984. But he does sit at his blubber ship's right hand. And he gives people like Carrie Fisher's Princess Leia a pretty bad time. <laughs> How about that? That was from okay. the, uh, the vintage documentary. <laughs> <laughs> but there was so much uh, Lando in uh, Solo. Uh, what did you think about Donald Glover and his his turn as the I scoundrel? Loved him. No, I no, no, no. Put the mustache back on, and I want to hear what Billy D. Oh, McInerney. Oh, what would, yeah, what would Billy D. Come. say? WWBDS. We're not ready to unleash your own personality. Well, we still like, have to milk this Lando thing for a couple more minutes. Let's milk it. Uh, oh, there it is. There it is. Right. It's back. Right. It's back. All I could say about Donald is that he brought a, a certain panache to the role, but of course he wasn't as cute as I am. <laughs> yes. yes, fantastic. All right, you well, can now rip the mustache off. Uh, Was that painful to take that off? Yeah, a little bit. You know, we can ask the real uh, Billy Mac what you thought about... <laughs> Uh, Donald Glover. We covered a little bit about this in uh, last night's show, but you've had a sleep. And a lot of you, because we've run into some of you on the street, and you've said, I've had a chance to sleep on the movie now, and I think I really liked it. I think I liked it. Uh-oh. But after you've slept on it, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I love the movie. I was energized by the movie. Um, I, I just, it, it, it made me forget about all the... Uh, the little details that I think we get wrapped up in uh, with with Star Wars and and it just uh, it was fun. I I don't know what else to say about it. It was a, just a freaking fun movie. Yeah, you know? is that? <laughs> I mean, sometimes critics will use that as a as sort of an out. Like, well, it was it was fun because they don't really have anything else to say about it. 
But in this case, it's it's not a dig. It's not uh, anything that uh, it deflects from how you feel about the movie. It was fun because wasn't the original Star Wars fun? Isn't Star Wars supposed to be fun? Well, that's all it was. When we saw the original Star Wars in 1977, we didn't get hung up on a pre-existing mythology because <clears throat> there was no pre-existing mythology. <laughs> but it was, it was just that injection of summertime popcorn movie fun that we have taken and nurtured into this, this thing that has become so big and huge and you know this amazing yet sometimes intimidating mythology... Yeah. So to be presented a chapter from that mythology that doesn't require the price of admission to be all of these prerequisites, to be able to go in there and just sit down and sit in your movie chair and just have fun and get excited for what was happening and not worry about the implications of but what there are implications. With the well, of course there are because you know, just it wouldn't be a Star Wars like, film. But what, just when you got comfortable with the idea that this film was not created to challenge you as a fan, all of a sudden Darth Maul shows up. Hello, out of, of nowhere. all the cameos, Darth Maul. Like, what does he have to do? But, Did we just have a funeral for this guy? <laughs> Am I right? But he shows up and um, kind of uh, just disrupts. You know, the, the flow of everything that was going on. We all thought, what? Who was going to show up? Jabba at some point? Greedo. Greedo. Boba, Boba Fett. Fett, of course. But Darth Maul. Did anybody see that coming? Of course not. No. No. Nobody well, it, it disrupted my brother over here. I know that. Anybody who might have been sitting next to him at the theater. <laughs> yeah. was, there, were, there were some audible reactions coming out of you over there, man. Uh, was there? What? I, I can't what? believe this. What? Were we just done with this guy? What is he doing? <laughs> Maul? Maul. <laughs> I didn't realize. Is that, what is happening right now? Bill, do you know what's happening? I don't really what talk that much at the movies, but I, I did feel like I was... Being a little more audible than previous Star Wars releases in recent memory. I felt like I was yelling a lot at the screen. I, th I thought it was only going to last through the trailers, but, you know, we were treated to. <laughs> but it was fun. I, hey, when we were kids, we used to go see the Star Wars movie, and we would yell at the screen all the time. We would, we would scream and yell. I mean, granted, there are probably a little bit more profanity-laced rants that I went on last night, but... Um, <laughs> Nobody seemed too upset about that. Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. The security was not called. Right now, I'm looking at the tomato meter right now, and right now we've got the critics at 71% favorable. Yes. Audience score 54%. Fresh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Well, I mean, what yeah. do you think that is? I, I, I'm sitting in a room with like 100 people, and they all love the film. The, I know. You it, guys it seems like film. it. So who's got an opinion? Come on, someone step up to the mic. Does, does anyone want to know what you think about the movie. This is general and we're going to get in deeper into certain characters. Nobody wants and all to that. be first. Come on, come on. Somebody's going to be Nobody first. Nobody wants to be first. I'm hey, going to have know, to pick someone. You know, I, I think I know someone what? who we can bring out to be the first guy to say what he felt about Solo. You think so? Yeah. All right. How about? Does hold any? Hold oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We oh, do well, have someone. Oh, oh, got got some liquid courage man. here, so I figured I'd <laughs> step up. Well, what's your name? My name's Pete Bicer. I'm from Media, Pennsylvania. I'm the guy that wrote to Entertainment Weekly a couple of years ago uh, about you guys and the uh, when they had a thing about the best podcast to listen to. Oh, oh my God! Well, thank, thank you so much. You're missing out on these guys. Thank you. Hey, brother in the force. Yeah. So. 
That's nice of you. You're right. It was fun, and I think fun's a four-letter word these days. And you know, not that the Last Jedi is uh, a bad movie; it's a great movie. But there's so much weight to it that to be able to walk out of the theater and not, you know, feel the weight of the world on you and, and the implications to your childhood, and just to be like, "Hey, we're we're having fun." Right. Yeah. It, it was a nice thing. A friend of ours couldn't make it. Uh, his name's Andy, and he wanted me to say to Jason that uh, make sure when Kyle Newman's on the show, you don't let him talk over you because that guy just does not stop. <laughs> right? Well, that's that's part of Kyle's charm is that he's, when when he gets passionate about something, you just kind of want to give him wide berth sometimes and just let him. He's like a cyclone. Of of fandom really, and passion. I, I actually and, think that Kyle doesn't have anyone else to talk to, so it's all <laughs> bottled up. And then all of a sudden, he comes on the show and is just, just verbal diarrhea. Either that, or his headphone volume is turned down way low, and he can't hear us trying to interject. But Kyle, yeah. but, but, but Kyle, Kyle, did not, not Kyle. <laughs> well. Uh, Kyle had a good time at the movie. I know that. And so we're anxious to have our A-team assembled and right we'll, we'll talk to Paul Bateman. And uh, In fact, poor Paul, the last email I got from Paul, <laughs> Paul was like, hey, we've all seen it, right, guys? We've all seen the movie? Yeah. Hello. And then the next email, guys? Oh, anyone? didn't respond. <laughs> I honestly... Third email. I saw guys? the same email. Yeah. <laughs> guys, hello. <laughs> hello, guys. Guys. <laughs> guys. But uh, yet I, I didn't know how to respond to Paul. I, I feel like I just want to use tonight is a real uh, sort of way to, to channel everything I feel about the film. I'm going to do it tonight, and then I will uh, I, I'll attempt communications with Mr. Bateman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, so was there? Well, I just want to yeah. say thank you. I realized uh, making the ride out here that I've probably been listening to you guys over the last 11 years. Wow. And if you take all that, those hours, it's probably I spent more time listening to you than I have ever watched the movies. And I've seen the movies quite a lot of times. How many times? Yeah, well, 500 times. Cool. 500 times. <laughs> yes. I, I just wanted to say thank you on behalf of everybody oh in the God. room here. You know, oh. you've kept me going. I think right when I started listening, uh, the Clone Wars movie came out and I wasn't that jazzed for it. But you kept me going through the years. And, you know, I, I, I wanted to ask you, it, it seemed like in the last couple of years, even going back to then, you guys had a really tight relationship with Lucasfilm. And I don't know what's happened or anything we can do to kind of get that back because uh -huh. I do miss hearing Dave on the show and whatnot. So, yeah, so do we. Uh, yeah. You know, Dave, call in. Take these guys' call. So I don't know. But either way, I just want to say you very thank you much. for everything. That's thank, you. Nice. thank you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, we, of course, are big fans of Dave Filoni, and we know Dave is, I, I, I think, and I don't want to assume anything, but I think he's transitioning into something I do too. pretty amazing over at Lucasfilm, and, and maybe they just want to keep tight wraps on that. There, there's a confluence of things, and some of it is uh, somewhat obvious, and some of it is, is not so much. So it's not just one thing. It's a, it's a, it really is a combination of things that has sort of uh, kept us... But uh, I, I think we're going to have Dave on at some point. I think we will. I would like to. Yeah. I would like to. He was a, a regular feature on our show for about a decade. So. Right. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, the, the way things work, uh, we are fan media. And despite our access in the past, we're not... Uh, Officially affiliated with Lucasfilm in any way, shape, or form. But it's, it's changed a lot. I mean, yeah. at, at one point, and I, I certainly don't want to diminish the Clone Wars or the Clone Wars film or, or, or Rebels or anything, but 
you know, at one time, you know, Entertainment Weekly wasn't chomping at the bit to get the latest interview with uh, Dave Filoni to talk about Ahsoka Tano and things like that. All they had was Rebel Force Radio and the Force cast. And so now, you know, when you're doing major feature films and you're owned by Disney, the, the situation is a little bit different. But it certainly hasn't changed us as fans uh, we don't need anyone's permission or anyone's license to be a fan. That's we're going right. to be fans, and yes. we're going to be leaving no other fan left behind for as long as we can do it and make sure that we're uh, continuing to uh, keep that passion alive. And, um, you know, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't talk to you guys, you know, on a, on a weekly basis and, and hear from you all on Facebook and Twitter and all of that. So we're going to keep it going as long as you listen. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes or no guests. We have someone else that wants to come up what and... About, uh, what about... We, oh, got, we got our guy... Well, he did mention... Uh, our friend just mentioned that he's been listening a long time since the Clone Wars movie. And at the time of the Clone Wars movie, I was not actually sitting next to you doing the show. I was sitting next to someone else. Not on a daily basis. I was offering support, obviously, and uh, hosting my own little spin-off shows, convention coverage, and a show called A Galaxy of Music... Right. But you and I weren't actually sitting at the table together talking Star Wars. This is really weird. It's like I'm going to introduce my ex-wife. <laughs> but there my was a guy wife. who was sitting across the table from Jason, and he is um, he's an Ohio treasure. Yes, he is. How about my best buddy, Pete? Yes! Pete Nadel. There he is. Podcasting's Pete Nadel. Does anyone remember Pete? Who remembers Pete? We got us. Oh, oh hands. There are like five people. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> That's all right. That's okay, Pete. Pete's still on his hiatus. Yeah, Pete's on hiatus. <laughs> we, we were like How's looking that hiatus up. going? Doing all right. I don't want to bring the show down, but I ordered nachos like 20 minutes ago, and I haven't gotten them yet, so I don't know... <laughs> Where's his nacho? Bill's at the bar, so... I I do want to say, this is completely informal, so please, you don't need to worry about distracting us or anything else. Just go and have a drink, grab snacks, whatever you want to do, so don't worry about that. And there's room to stand here on the side if you guys in the back want to get a little closer. That's fine. Room here in front, too. Well, that would be weird if they got up that close. That would be Well, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I just want uh, someone to bring me a beer. All right, so we have Pete, and uh, Pete, we didn't see the movie together last night, but you did see the movie. I did. Okay, by yourself. I didn't actually see it solo. Solo, that's um, right. I was able to avoid that. My my niece came to my rescue, so that's good. Oh, that's no one great. else in my family cared, which is awesome. <laughs> Again, like the rest of this audience. Right. <laughs> okay, so there you are. You're sitting in uh, in North Canton, right? Yes. Yeah. That's All right. right. You're sitting in North Canton. You yeah. see the solo movie. Um, the the credits roll, directed by Ron Howard. What are your thoughts? I. You, first off, you know the. the you can't escape the media coverage at this point, which is which is unfortunate because it, it does change your view, yeah. which you shouldn't let it, but we're all human. We do it. Has there ever been a movie that people wanted to fail so badly? It, it, it is amazing that that happened. But excuse me, sir. Sir, could you sit down, please? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, Pete. <laughs> I, as soon as Jason said that, I was like, oh, I can't wait till somebody stands up. I just can't wait. 
So he's like, I'm going to get up during the beat part. <laughs> Natal's revenge. <laughs> the beat part is also known as intermission. So feel free to, to make your way about. Uh, so you go into it with a little bit of a, of a jaded view, and, and that was unfortunate because it was a great movie. I was really excited by the end of it. I thought it was so much fun. It had a great cliffhanger that you, was completely unexpected, and you know, I try and spend a lot of time thinking about it. I, I listen to these guys quite often, and we do a podcast together. You just don't hear it because it's in my car. And <laughs> so we're talking back and forth about it, and we've speculated about a lot of stuff, and, that, and the cliffhanger I th- thought was great. I thought they really did a lot of fan service, which I know has become a little bit of a bad word, but I don't understand that either. I thought it was just a lot of fun. And the the instant thought that I had at the end was, man, this is the alternative to what was in the 90s, which a lot of us remember, which was nothing. And we were driving too far to comic book stores to get, pick up copies of droids <laughs> that nobody really wanted but everybody wanted because it was the only Star Wars that was available and yeah. that's you know instead we get a, a movie every year and it's really great quality it's just held to a different standard than what it really ultimately should be and, and, and man that's unfortunate but I know I'm talking to all the, the folks in the audience that don't feel that way uh, it, it was it's just a lot of fun and what a great just well, and it doesn't come down to you know are you a are you a shill for Lucasfilm and Disney or are you um, you know a hater? You're going to have a whole range of emotions and feelings about the film. But I will say, and I, I agree with the, the writer of the Washington Post. He said something about the fact that this is finally a Star Wars movie that doesn't kind of you know isn't crushed by its own weight. Yes, it doesn't have to bring in all the baggage, and it doesn't have. You know, the level of expectation in terms of the Skywalker story and the Force and the Death Star and all of that. Uh, although Bill believes that there's a cameo by the Death Star. I, I got it. While it's. Bill, can you step up to the mic? Because I don't know. Does anyone else think that the Death Star had a cameo? Please set him straight. Uh, is there a cameo of the Death Star in <laughs> the new solo movie? I could have sworn. I'm going to step we... away and listen to your answer. <laughs> First time, long time, okay? <laughs> no, 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 no. What, what did you see that you believed was a reference to the Death Star? Um, okay. See, th- th- these are the moments where I feel kind of dumb because I, I, I might have... Let me turn around. I got to turn around. <laughs> um, but these, these are the moments that make me feel kind of dumb because I just totally feel like I lost, uh, that I missed something, you know, that probably all of you picked up on. But uh, the, the Emphy's nest scene, when she's explaining that the Empire is taking the valuable resources of all the worlds and stuff... And she goes to the woman that's sitting in the chair and says, uh, show them what you're talking about. And she doesn't she draw a Death Star doodle? What is that? It's of, it is the, the symbol of the dawn. Okay, I knew it was one of the Boo! other. Get out of here, Billy Beck. <laughs> I, I love that, but let me just say, the symbol of the Crimson Dawn yeah. would be the great title to a prog rock album. You know? <laughs> Think about it. I, the symbol of the crimson. I do have dawn. to say, I, I didn't see it in the same one, but I did see a cameo from the Death Star. No one really realized it because it was wearing one of these mustaches <laughs> and it completely disguised it. Can well, you, by the way, help the yourself. Start with a mustache. I need all the help I can get. Billy D. McInerney brought uh, plenty of uh, Lando disguises for everyone, so maybe we could do a group photo <laughs> at the end of the show with all the Lando stashes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, everyone gets a mustache. 
Capes are optional. You get a mustache and you get a mustache. So I'll say that, that certainly there was a different level of emotion. This was just more fun than yep. most of the movies and to the waypoint. I'll say that I didn't, when the characters died that did die in the movie, mm-hmm. I didn't have the same emotional connection to all of them. Mm. You know, I, I poured out some of my Cork Z- Coke Zero when I walked out on the sidewalk for, for L3 and Val. Uh, and Val. Yeah. But I didn't feel the same emotion in Pole that there was with Rogue One and the, and the characters there. But that's okay. Yeah, that right. doesn't need to be it every single time. So I, that, if I have a very minute, small complaint, and that can be the headline of the Twitter that you send out about how much I hated the movie. Pete Nadel uh, hated it. <laughs> Hater. Oh. Thought Val was terrible. Yeah. Uh, Hater. Uh, yes. Uh, well, you so, didn't think Val was terrible, Pete? No, did I didn't. Right. I, I honestly thought that was – except for I'll say <laughs> – so I had this thought as I was driving up here. Like, if this podcast – it was it was critical that I complete the mission of blowing up the bridge to complete this podcast. Yeah. This podcast would just be over. Like I would not blow myself up to save the mission by I any means. Either. I, I, I would just call you later and be like, "Man, I am really sorry, but <laughs> here's what happened: there were some droids shooting at me, and I got scared, and I just left. And if you guys make it back." I'll, I'll serve you some hot chocolate, but that's all that I've got to offer. <laughs> all right, so here's Peter Rayner uh, from the Christian Science Monitor saying, of all the Star Wars-themed movies, this one is the closest to a Saturday afternoon serial western. Yes. Don't expect more than that. Tomato. All right, so it's... it's and then uh, who we have, uh, San Diego Reader. Young Han can only watch helplessly as the gravity of the Star Wars children's crusade overwhelms him, and the wondrous fun... Run The wondrous fun run gives way to a joyless slog that actually undermines the heroism of A New Hope, even as it seeks to foreshadow it. What does that even mean? I don't know. Can you just get <laughs> over yourself? Ooh. Wow. Uh, actually, we did have somebody that was standing up at the mic at one point, and then Pete came out and he walked away. Who was that? <laughs> there um, he is. Can you come back? And yes. I wanna, we want to hear from you. are being summoned. I have that effect on a lot of fans. Just so, <laughs> just so you know. Please come back. Billy Mack was ready to run into the audience and manhandle him and bring him up here. <laughs> You're the Bruins yes, Hey, man, how you doing? Good. How are you guys? Great. All Thank right. You. Nice to meet you. What's your name? My name's Michael. Michael. Michael, that's the name of my son. Great name. All right. <laughs> uh, like 35% it, it of every other right. male right. in the United States. <laughs> it's not really a coincidence. Uh, yes, Michael. No, I originally came up when you were originally talking about responses to the movie. And, yeah, uh, yeah. It, by the way, it's okay if you didn't like it too. We're not like that. Well, I started. I, I did start with low expectations at the beginning. Of why? This. Um, Seriously, why? I just didn't think Han Solo was the right next movie because it is such a big character, and I, yeah. I just didn't see it. But then, as time progressed, and then for me, it was when Ron Howard was attached. That's of when course. I was really yeah. on board because I think that's the pseudo George Lucas director for the first time of. Yeah. Most new Star Wars movie not by him. Right. It does seem like they are recruiting directors that are way outside of any sort of mold that George Lucas may have created with his original run directing these films. And bringing on a guy like Ron Howard, it's like, yeah, this guy's been with the home team for a long time. This is a perfect match. So are you interested in seeing directors that might be a better fit for Star Wars just, 
you know, on first blush? Or are you into the idea of bringing in directors who might want to take the franchise into different and more daring directions? Um, I think the most excited right now is for John Favreau with the television TV series. series. Yeah, um, I think he's got the right type of vibe. He just needs, he needs to learn how to pronounce Wookie right because he calls yeah. it Wookie. 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 Yeah, <laughs> he was great though. He, he was, was phenomenal. Rio, Rio. So, so you went in with low expectations. Well, I went in, and then when Ron Howard was announced, and then mm-hmm. it was. The Super Bowl trailer, I was still feeling pretty low. Mm-hmm. Were you? Um, okay. And then it was the second trailer, I was feeling a lot What better. was dragging you down, though? What was it about the trailer? You just wasn't um, doing it, it for was, you. Uh, even the music hit me the wrong way. Just the way it was cut together just felt the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, I liked the music. I did. Because it was like... I did very much. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, like the the Zeppelin mix. Yeah. Because I believe Good Times, Bad Times by Led Zeppelin was used... You're off to something. ...as the basis for this trailer. You could have left it so you didn't like I was, yeah, I was, I was, I was liking it. <laughs> yeah. So, you see the movie. What, what's the verdict? Uh, absolutely loved it. Uh, uh-huh. Way blew me away. Uh, I thought Rogue One is one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. I put yeah. it in my top three. A lot of people like Rogue, Rogue One. One. I'll, uh, I'll put this very, just a tad bit under it. It's, uh-huh. I think Star Wars movies that are not in the Skywalker story, that are in just the universe, yeah. are really hitting home runs right now. I think... They're yeah, phenomenal. that's, that's it's just probably cool the better be direction to go in, right? Is is that what you want to see more yeah. of? Yeah, I just yeah. like it's cool to just dip your toe in the universe of Star Wars and not have like you guys were just saying earlier about with all the heavy weight of like, oh my god, Luke Skywalker's dead. Yeah, right. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I, we don't want to make this about Last Jedi. I know I didn't. Mean that. <laughs> but, sorry, sorry about that. Sorry but, about that. And the thing I do want to I want to point out is that this is, um, for lack of a better term, this is a safe. <laughs> place <laughs> uh, but no I, I I mean that in the sense that we're, we're, we're fans and there's moments and there's films and there's episodes of animated series and stuff that we like and some others don't like it, it's just it's a big big universe and it's mm-hmm. a big universe of fans and it needs to be okay for you to not like a movie yeah. or like a movie but I'm curious about you love solo uh, it, but I will about the I love the last Jedi instantly in Completely, I think. Uh-huh. I, Have you tried to hate it? I have. Yeah, because yeah. I have really. I, I, went, and I, I went five times really, in theaters. We've tried. literally tried to hate it. Like I'm just down. I'm gonna hate no. this movie. <laughs> but I, I, I'm I, not I much of a fan of The Force Awakens, to be honest. That's the one I don't like. Yeah, but The Last Jedi I thought was. All right, way better. I'm so with if, you on that. I'm, I'm you, with him on that. I, I felt like the the Force Awakens was predictable and very safe. predictable and safe. And I think, but I love the characters. And I think that The Last Jedi makes The Force Awakens a better movie. Yes, definitely. And I think the setup for this one is one of the best setups for the next Star Wars movie that we've ever had. Mm. I, think think- the, I think Episode Eight sets up Episode Nine to be a pretty amazing Star Wars movie. Yeah. Well, well, well speaking we'll of setups, what do you think about the setup of Solo? Do you think we're going to see Solo 2? Honestly, I thought the Darth Maul appearance is the absolute perfect setup for a Kenobi movie. Really? Yes. Ooh, yeah. I yeah, didn't think about that. Yeah, I did not think. Bill was Bill was saying that yesterday. That. Bill was saying that yesterday, and and I agree with you. I don't see the dominoes falling to the point where Darth Maul is really going to be the antagonist, the antagonist of a, a future solo film. 
I think they're planting the seeds, much like the way the Marvel films yeah. do with the post-credit yeah. scene, except it just they just put mm-hmm. it in the movie. Because it would feel like a Marvel ripoff if yeah. they used that as the post-credit scene. But it, but did, just compl- it did stop everything. It, it did. It, it stopped it, everything. Like, wait a minute. I was like, well, wait a second. This was a fun little popcorn movie. Now I have this now. Yeah. I got to deal with this. Yeah, I have to walk yeah, out of your got weighty all of it. Yeah. <laughs> also, now, now I got this hanging over everything. What? <laughs> Didn't we just bury this guy on Tatooine and Rebels? No. But, uh, yeah, right. so Darth Maul. And that was Ray Park. That was Ray. Well, yeah. yeah, it took me it a while to realize. In the credits, as well as Sam Witwer doing the voice, uh, doing yeah. the voice, amazing, so creating that connectivity with the animated series. The so. only thing in that was it. Why did he ignite his lightsaber? Yeah. Well, all right, I have I a theory about that on a regular occasion. Like, I'm on FaceTime. I have a lightsaber at all times, <laughs> off screen, just to make sure. I said, if you had a lightsaber, wouldn't you I know, light but it? By it doing it, it I mean, it's so obvious, though. So it's so like you're just trying to look well, cool with your lightsaber. You know what? <laughs> I think it really was. Is I, 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 look, we're all in the family. We know who these characters are and stuff. But it was really telegraphing the fact that yeah, this is the guy. If yeah. the face wasn't enough because it was a hologram. You know, this is the guy with the double-bladed lightsaber. You remember him from if the tattooed face and the horns aren't enough. Exactly. They're not this enough. Is lightsaber. This is him. So that's what it was. Right. I think it was really telegraphing who it was. It would have been worse if he just went, "It's me, Darth Maul." <laughs> <laughs> but it is confusing because in the cinematic timeline of Star Wars movies, what we where did we see Darth Maul last? He was killed off in Episode One. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So to bring him back in the solo films for people who don't follow all of the extra stuff like the novels and the comics and the animated series, for people who just go and consume their Star Wars stories through the movie theater, they place. This is what I'm, I'm predicting. People are going to see this movie, and they're going to see Darth Maul, and they're going to assume that this film happens in the timeline prior to the events of Episode One, because Maul is alive. Yeah, it's really a, it's really going to be difficult for some of those poor people that aren't really into this <laughs> as much. It's just going to be hard. Um, but I mean, I think that it stands on its own in the sense that it's really entertaining, and it's a character that his is. You know, to use a, a cliche term, is iconic beyond iconic, and um, then you throw in Darth Maul. It was a, it was a real curveball because uh, I was getting lazy while I was watching it, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I have to think about this now because what we know about Darth Maul at this time is he's we believe he's consolidating power amongst the underworld, and this is an extension of but I have a question and maybe somebody can help Well this would have happened after that point in the timeline. No. Because this is considerably after the Clone Wars. Maul was consolidating all of those crime syndicates like the Pikes and the the Falines, the Black Sun, yeah. uh, the, the Death Watch and creating the Shadow Syndicate. That was in the Clone War era. We're yeah. clearly beyond that. Right. Well, no, no, of course we are. This stuff takes but, a long time, Jim. Let's not get too uh, out, of, out of sorts. On but this. he was defeated in the Clone War era. He was doing So it. he lost his muscle, and now he's back as the crime lord of the, uh, the guy in charge of the Crimson Dawn. Of the Crimson, right. Which, according to Enfi's Nest, is also helping the Empire... Uh, move these 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 locals off of their off of their systems. So you have Darth Maul 
through uh, Dryden working for the Empire. Empire, so, that doesn't add up. I thought there was it, a falling well, out between him and Palpatine. Yeah, they don't get he along so well. He was doing it at Palpatine's direction. direction. He defeated him. He was the one that defeated him. He's the only one that knew. And then Palpatine is then saying, I've got plans for you. And using him. He did say, I've got plans for you. Ah. Oh, see, I just got See, I've been paying attention. Even though I've not been sitting here, I've been paying attention. Yeah. But wasn't there a comic book series that's canon that says that Maul escaped from Imperial captivity and went on uh, other adventures? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But you do have a situation where Darth Maul is now back sort of in the service of the Empire through working with uh, the uh, Crimson Dawn. So it it is a little bit confusing, but I do like the idea that this is not so much setting up the second solo film. What's setting up the second solo film is him going off to Tatooine because he heard this big-time gangster uh, needs some help, and we know how that turns out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did you have anything else? No, that was it. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. But uh, so it, it is, I think, setting up more or less that Obi-Wan story. We also have, uh, and we'll get to maybe some of this in news, but we have heard rumors that there's somewhat of a confirmation about a Boba Fett film. At least the Hollywood Reporter is. Right, they're throwing their weight behind that. And then we had the weight of the, uh, or the, the somewhat announcement of an Obi-Wan film. At least uh, the Hollywood Reporter. Is. And again, the Hollywood Reporter. Leaking I guess all this they stuff. make all of Lucasfilm's announcements now. Right. I, they, they actually um, sent out uh, invites to my son's birthday party last week for me, too. I <laughs> very much appreciated. They're available for all kind of announcements. I didn't know. Uh, but uh, do you have... You, yeah. No, please. Stand in front of the mic. Got someone Step else. right up. Who are you, sir? Hi, I'm Kyle. I'm from Philadelphia. Kyle from Philly. All right. Great, thanks. Pleasure to meet you guys last night. So nice to meet you. Did you bring us cheesesteaks? You Damn asked it. me that. No. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. I appreciate that. Um, just wanted to say what a great time we're having so far at Thank this you. event. And That's me great. and my wife, my wife came with me, so I appreciate it. Where's the wife? Is everything? Extra points. Oh. Yes. She let me come today with and you. And she came along, so um, great. major props. Just wanted, we were talking this afternoon about the personality of Han Solo in this movie and Alden Ehrenreich's take on it, the way he's so cocky and arrogant and full of life and everything's going to be great and everything's going to be just fine. Like, I got a great feeling. I got a good feeling about yeah. this yeah. and all that. And compared to Harrison Ford, the original Han Solo, the way uh. he ends up, <laughs> not so much so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Our ancient religions. And, you know, uh, right. You know, do you see another movie filling in the gaps of what went wrong in his life to... Oh. To, to so you're, that. you're saying that he, that he leaves this film being a little bit more of the cockeyed optimist than obviously what we see him in. Yeah, you mentioned he's going to Tatooine and stuff, but everything's right. still sunshine yeah. and roses. He's to got him. The, he's got that the world, great the, the, the fastest by, ship. Know. Yeah, the fastest ship. He's got the Harry co-pilot. Right. He just he's got won the world the on his Yeah, everything's yeah. And, he, and I think that he believes that Kira did what she did at the end for him to yeah. save him. Yeah, I think she has He's, ulterior motives. Yeah, something happened. Well, obviously she's communicating with Darth Maul. She has ulterior motives. He's so just Maul. Oh, I'm sorry. The Darth. There's a lot of story to be told in his life. Joe Maul. 
Well, I think that, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think there's, there is something that needs to happen in between the end of Solo and what we see in A New Hope that creates a little bit more of that, of that jaded character. Would you uh, like to have seen him played a little bit more grizzled? Yes, and I would have. I would love to see him. Because it's no. like a major swing. With more of an edge. You know, yeah. in, in no, interviews... No, I like the that fact that he's a little more upbeat in this. I do, I love do. I, I love this performance, in interviews by the way. Because this, you know we that that told, woman's going to rip his beating heart out of his chest and show it to him happen like that. in the yeah. next movie. It's always a woman, right? Yeah. Oh, sorry, baby. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Well, but in you. interviews leading up to this film, people like Ron Howard were saying, we're going to see what led Han Solo to being something of a youthful optimist to someone who became sort of a cynical, uh, world-weary guy. That mm-hmm. we, The guy we see in the original trilogy. I don't think this film provided that. I don't think so either. You know, I, I think it, it, it left us with a very... Fresh thinking, Han Solo. I mean, the last shot of the film was he, he and Chewie sitting in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, a ship that he loved and just won from Lando, punching it, going, making the jump to hyperspace, and that just says, you know, this is the start of something yeah, fresh, he's and off new, to another and exciting, yeah. off to an adventure. Yeah, it's, the new his life has begun at the end of Solo. His mm-hmm. life has begun. So we're going to get another movie? I hope so. I, I certainly hope a sequel is in see, the works. Do you want yeah. to see another too many solo movie? And, and, and entered. And but you, know, you know, Lucas, back in the day, sorry to cut you off. Not at all. He had like... Kyle Newman. Thanks, Kyle. I, I am Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for that show, by the way. His mind was blown in Last Jedi. I can't imagine this movie. The ball came up. But um, like seriously, I don't even know what we're talking about. Oh, but yeah. There's too many questions yeah. left unanswered. Like... You have to. When when Lucas did stuff, he he had major characters, major actors on their way up, and he didn't utilize them in another film. I think you have so many good young actors that you can lock them in and you know use utilize that. I don't know if there's like you were talking about another Lando film. Would mm-hmm. necessarily we need that or not need Coming that? Coming in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> after the Boba Fett film and after the yeah, uh-huh. movie film and uh-huh. that's about right. Why not? I think you should utilize these these actors. They're they're so hot right now. Yep. Disney mm-hmm. owns it. Like, you know. Well, I think I think we will see here. that. I, I do. You guys want to see, see that? Not? Would you want to see another Han Solo movie with this cast? Yes. Yeah. Well, we know Lucasfilm does listen to the show. <laughs> they may not return our phone calls anymore, but they at least <laughs> listen to the show. And they, they probably would like to hear that. So I, I think they have a success on their hands. And, and I like what I saw. And I definitely think there's potential for more movies with these characters in these roles. The thing I loved the most about the movie was Chewie. <laughs> really. Yeah. Let's talk about how great Chewie was. Iconic Notice. character. We've loved since 1977. And um, really got his moment to shine in the spotlight several times in this film and he ripped people's arms out of their sockets both yeah. arms yeah. so yeah. they they lost they yeah. lost hello uh, sir hey what's your uh, name mike mike where are you from from akron ohio you know my right. son's name is mike it's, great. <laughs> it's a great name. great name this great is name. getting weird <laughs> <laughs> So I much at the theater last night. Yes, of course. Right. It was okay. fantastic. Well, uh, two comments. Uh, the first one happened in the theater itself. One of my favorite... I had the pleasure, my family, we got to sit in front of you guys. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, and I said to my wife, do you recognize that voice? 
<laughs> but during the previews, they, I, I hate to mention this in a way, but it, it was fun. The Harry Potter movie preview came on. Right. And at the end, I heard Jimmy Mack yell, That's so wizard! <laughs> it was a great moment. It was a great moment. I That's loved it. so wizard, Annie. <laughs> um, well, but, literally. Uh, yeah, I listened to your podcast yesterday, uh, from last night, yeah. or early this morning, whatever, and um, I'm not sure if you mentioned, I loved seeing the development of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, we didn't I really just, talk about that much. You're I right. just really thought that was, a, you know, uh, I'm, I almost see, think of the Millennium Falcon as a as a character in these mm-hmm. movies, and to, and to really see the origins of what what gave it all that personality. Well, we know that L three has a big part in the personality. Yeah. We know why it speaks this. We have an L three fan out there. L <laughs> three. Rosie the robot, like the Jetsons, is what kind of reminded me of. But we know that that's why she speaks the, you know, that has the most peculiar dialect, and there's some attitude, and there's some uh, sassiness to her. Uh, but the Kessel Run seems to be what really just completely transforms that ship from, you know, the, right, right. you know, what the wet bar that Billy or the <laughs> Billy D that Lando had uh, installed to, you know, the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. Right. Um, and and so that transformation is is rather quick, but uh, you know certainly we we're, we're left with the ship that we all recognize and love, and that escape pod. The, the escape pod, from what I understand, was a modification that Lando made that was not native to the ship. It was a modification, so I think it was always meant to have that kind he, of forked. He made several look. adjustments to the Millennium Falcon: alluvial right. dampers, wet bar, as you said, Cape Room. That was a great room. Thank you, Akron. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for hanging with us. I love the Cape Room. The Cape Room. I love the Cape Room. I love the the shot of Lando sitting in the cockpit. Recording his diary, the Calrissian Chronicles. <laughs> was it a diary? I think it was, it was podcasting. Was I thought he was podcasting. He, Lando is a podcaster. God bless him. So uh, you know, maybe we'll have him do a spin. Do we think show. that Kira was wearing the Empire Strikes Back cape? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it yeah was, that was Empire Strikes the Back cape. cape. The cape. Yes. All yes. right. So There's... some people have a gift wrapping room. He has a cape. Room. <laughs> so do we feel like? Lando wearing Han's clothes at the end of Empire is a slap back for her wearing his cape at the time in this. Like, I saw well, now that. I'm wondering, maybe Han is wearing Lando's That's what clothes. I think. Well, yeah. Han found the black vest and the white shirt and the blue pants. Now, what Lando would Han forgot he, it, left what it behind. What would Han say if he found the, the cape room? Well, I don't think he would... Han doesn't seem like a cape guy. No, he's definitely not a cape guy. He's not a cape guy. But I don't think Lando had time. It's not like after the the, the Sabacc game, he's like, well, let me clear out my capes. Well, (laughs) no, of course he... Sorry, Bill. Sorry. He he definitely had time to get the capes. To clear out the capes? Were you emotionally affected when L3 died in Lando's arms? Did anybody feel that? You guys did, If you felt it, come up to the... Yeah, yeah. Oh, we've got Porg here. Hello. Oh, is, is that a pet name you have for this gentleman? It's for dinner. That's a great shirt. <laughs> oh, a shirt. Oh, I see. Who are you? I'm Ken from Akron. All right, and Ken first, from Akron. Before my question, I want to um, thank you guys because I've been listening to you guys for about ten years, and I actually do three podcasts now, partially because of you guys and listening to you guys for so long. We're so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Between you guys and Steve Lawson. Oh, Yo, oh Steve, we love Steve. Steve. God, we so, wanted oh, Steve here with us, and Steve almost made it. He was teasing us oh, with a big honking awesome. appearance, but we right. didn't get it. He made it, it as far as Kentucky, and then. But a dear friend and a great guy, and yeah. so oh, yeah. I'm glad you supported his podcast as well as ours. So now, um, 
I agree with you guys that uh, the end of this really didn't set up. I mean, it set up a little bit of Solo 2. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking the stuff with um, Crimson Dawn, what's the chances that that's possibly... We know we got um, Ryan Johnson doing a trilogy of films that's supposed to be in a totally new section of the galaxy that we've not seen before. Right. But that was before this movie came out. And also we got the Game of Thrones guys doing at least one movie, if not more. A series the, of a films. A series of films. What's what the chances saying. that one of those two is either um, coming from here and moving forward... With Crimson Dawn and what's going on with that, because this movie definitely sets up something for Crimson Dawn in the future. Crimson mm. Dawn, or could be maybe a thing. the yeah. creation of Crimson Dawn. That right. could be a thread that will run through some Star Wars films. Mm-hmm. The threat of Crimson Dawn, because then that removes the Galactic Empire from the main stage, puts them on the back burner, and and so you have an adversary you can deal with without affecting the timeline as far as films that have come exactly. out prior. And then, but you also have characters that you already know who they are, so yes. you know Darth Maul. So you when or Maul. So at this point, when you see him on the uh, on the screen, you got people coming knowing that this is Star Wars because I know that guy. Right. Right, yeah. That, uh, I think that's a very astute way to look at the way they're going to start rolling out these mm-hmm. stories. Because we are going to get away from the Skywalker saga. Yeah. And this notion that everyone in the galaxy has to be related. Or are we? I have good news for you, my lord. That's good news. Come closer, I have good news. All right, we got a news story right here. Amelia Clark's solo character could have a major connection to another Star Wars hero. What do we think about this? This is according to Bustle.com. Major spoilers ahead, they claim, for Star Wars uh, story, uh, or solo a Star Wars story. It's Star Wars time again, folks, and with every new movie comes the endless speculation of who might be related to whom. Who will turn to the dark side and who will perish and who will survive. Amelia Clark's Kira, former flame of Han Solo, and a clever, bold woman, her strength and bravery might remind you of another great Star Wars leading lady, Rey. Which I raises, thought you were going to say Leia, but well, I'm, yeah. I'm original trilogy. Which raises the question, is Kira Ray's mom? Ooh. Is Kira is Ray's Kira mom? Ray's mom. I, I heard audible boos <laughs> right. from the audience. Which is the same reaction I had when I saw this story, because where is it written that characters in Star Wars have to be related to other characters? Didn't this only happen one time? I mean, it's really the Skywalkers are related, Vader and Luke and, and Leia. Where, where, where is this written that every character has to be related to another character, or that every movie has to reveal some big relationship? I never felt that that was essential to any sort of Star Wars storytelling. I didn't either. I didn't either. So uh, does anyone think that Kira is Rey's mom? No, 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 no. Throw that story but, away. But, but the question, though, but the question is, and this was something that was, that was talked about in the Empire Strikes Back as Lucas was developing Empire. And, you know, he actually brought in a team of child psychologists to determine whether or not the revelation of Luke being Vader's son, was it going to be too shocking and too difficult for the kids? And this child psychologist said, look, there's going to be two camps. There's going to be those that believe it and are okay. And there's going to be those that say, it's not true. It's impossible. And they'll be fine because they think that he's a liar. There's so many people out there. And I don't know really myself where I fall in these two camps that believe that Kylo lied to Ray. Who here believes that Kylo lied to Ray 
and that Ray is not Pete. I'm in that camp. You're in that camp. I do. That, I also still don't think Darth movies. Vader is Luke, Luke Skywalker's father. <laughs> <laughs> Just doesn't check out. <laughs> I do love in these stories, though, they always go, go to the, uh, well, the timeline checks out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Well, that was actually, that was something that was written in this story about the, the, the timeline that apparently in order for this to happen, uh, for Kira to be Ray's mom, she would have had Ray when she was like, 40, she'd been like Julia Roberts. Like she would have been about forty-eight to fifty-one years old when she had Ray. Uh, they say it's it's not <laughs> it's not totally impossible. Maybe biology in that galaxy far, far away different is different than ours, but it's not likely. Which is funny. That's the end of the story. The first series, the, the, the you know, the headline is that Amelia Clark's solo character could have a major connection to another Star Wars hero, and then the last paragraph is yeah, not really because she's too old. <laughs> oh. Clickbait. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, that, yeah, like yeah. We took the bait right there. Um, we got someone else here at the microphone. Uh, yeah. Hello there. Hey guys. Uh, hello, Todd from Columbus. Todd, Todd from Columbus. Long nice time. Nice. Ten, ten, twelve years. However long it's been. Awesome. Oh, so long. Yeah. So old good. Now. Good ride. Thanks <laughs> Thank for all you do. So. Thank you. A lot of um, Easter eggs in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you lots pick up? and lots. Well, we already talked about L three. Right. I hadn't heard anybody talk about that until just a few minutes ago. Uh, that being the personality, that being what C3PO is referencing in Empire. I thought mm-hmm. that was great. Yes. Yeah. The other one I haven't heard talked about yet is at the very end with Emphis Nest and that uh, whatever that chemical or unobtainium stuff what is. What was that called? Whatever that's the called. Hyperfuel. That's, that, that big heist is funding the rebellion. That's how we get. All we. I love how he yeah, says we. Know, well, we. Home team rebellion. <laughs> well, we are the rebels here, so absolutely. But that's, so. but that's how they get the resources that they have that you see in Rogue One a few years later. They've got the space and these right. ships and, yeah. and everything that builds up in the rebels. That's how they fund it. Because they were talking about, at the end, there was a line that said, what billions of credits worth of coaxium? Some coaxium. coaxium. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I just read it here. So coaxium. <laughs> fuel. But I and all the other. I mean, there were so many great Easter eggs. There were in, in the movie. As and a matter of fact, the I whole have a story Filoni about verse it too. I mean, so much there. So well, let's go through some of these Easter eggs, and we'll see who uh, who recognized and, uh, and and was able to uh, identify some of these. So. This this is a what is this? This is from uprocks.com. Is that your website, Pete? Uprocks. <laughs> no. This is poprocks.com. <laughs> so this the, the the first one here is that it says the movie actually kicks off with a bit that proves that Han and Leia probably had a little pillow talk before he hit the carbonite slab. Um, so Han using the thermal detonator, which is uh, yeah. kind of foreshadowing to Leia as. A body hunter named Boosh. And then uh, Boss gets name checked. That's kind of cool. And what is it? it? It's Val says, couldn't we work with somebody better than this guy? Someone like Boss yeah. or Billy right. Mac? Or Billy Mac. <laughs> <laughs> a better Mac? I'm ready for work. Reporting <laughs> <laughs> in, sir. Um, Lando's disguise. The, the helmet. That was kind of cool. I like that. That was fun. Uh, we all noticed that. Woody Harrelson wearing it. 
Um, by the way, Tobias Beckett, what do you think of it? Since you're up at the microphone, what do you think about this Tobias Beckett? Because this was, um, I couldn't help but think, and maybe it's the Harrison Ford connection, but I couldn't help but think about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when Indy, young Indy, played by River Phoenix, God rest his soul, uh, had you know this, this moment where he meets this character that sort of inspires him. Do you feel that Tobias Beckett, you know, sort of is that type of character, that sort of role model for Han Solo? Definitely. I think I think going in, we all expected that. Mm-hmm. I think even some of the the media, it was made pretty clear that this was Han's mentor. Mm-hmm. What surprised me in watching the movie is I expected that mentor to be a little rougher to Han than what Beckett ended up being in the movie. He yeah. was more um, accepting of Han from the start. Very early he accepted Han. And he was, you know, he gave him some of the warnings that came back to, you know, bite Han at the end. Yeah, right. But the, Assume everyone's going to be, betray the, the betrayal, you. Betrayal, right, right. Which is, I think, also major foreshadowing oh, to his, yeah. his end. Yeah. With yeah. his own son. And, and, you know, what happened throughout this movie was... Beckett was really kind to Han, I thought. Much mm-hmm. kinder than I expected. So not exactly the, the tough love type right. character that you, that you mm-hmm. might expect. Yeah. But nonetheless, certainly a mentor. You know, he had the, uh, the hip holsters and, and, and all of that. And, um, you know, he, he certainly has that jaded, real-world um, point of view that we later see yeah. Han have. Yeah. Um, but we've got some more here. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, Han and Chewie as prisoners. We've seen that before. First time we've seen Han as sort of a fake prisoner, but Chewie wearing the uh, wearing the chains. Muddy uh, prisoners. What's that? They were muddy. They were very I enjoyed muddy. that. That was. I'm a fan of the mud wrestling from the '80s. What do you want from me? <laughs> that was not exactly what I expected. As far as I mean, I think so many of us grew up with this idea of how does Han Solo save Chewbacca, which is then what creates the life debt situation. There was no talk of a life debt. None. None whatsoever. Which, going back to the release of Phantom Menace, when Qui-Gon says that, you know, your culture demands that he do this blah, 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 because... You shouldn't have to life play with this and his. (laughs) We've been doing a lot of boss nasties. this week. Sorry. Boss Nass cracks us up a great deal. <laughs> Love it. Maybe we should be in frames. <laughs> it's so accurate. It's right. so accurate. But there was no talk of the His eyebrows there. got fuller when he did that. <laughs> that did. was amazing. It was amazing. But there was no talk of the life debt, but it was something that was sort of, you know, I think we all sort of assumed that this was the case. But I never in a million years thought that it was going to begin with this like fight to the death gladiator duel yeah. Yeah. anyone expect a rancor in that pit when yeah Han we was thought first? it was a rancor yeah, I thought that was gonna be i did not expect because they're like yeah it hasn't eaten for three days the only <laughs> thing that could have made it better than a rancor was chewy so <laughs> good play <laughs> well done <laughs> We have someone else up here at the mic as we go through our Easter eggs here. What's up, man? Hi. Hi. I'm Jeff. I'm a local guy from Illyria. We had a good time hanging out last night. Yes, we did. And I mentioned the whole life death thing to Jimmy Mack last night. Yeah. 
kind of ignored me, so I guess I got to be on the other side of the mic. Oh, wow. <laughs> ignored you? I would never ignore I you. ignored you. He didn't agree with me. <laughs> well, I think I said well, the same thing Jason did. What, that you thought it was weird. Yeah, that they didn't, I was expecting they didn't bring the that up. Yeah. But they never brought up a life death before. I mean, that well, was never brought up in any other film. Why, why should they? It was brought it up in Phantom Menace. Yeah, but not life dead. on Chewy life dead. No, but I mean, it's one of those things that we just sort of, you know, grew up knowing and under, well, some of us did growing up, understanding and knowing. Um, but as far as, you know, the other thing that I thought was interesting is that there really wasn't a lot of Wookiee culture explained at all. There was another right. Wookiee. And it did look like a character from Sid and Marty Croft's Land of the Lost, I have to say. <laughs> but I would have really liked to, and I hope, because I think we're going to see more solo films. I do want to learn a little bit more about Wookiee culture. Uh, I think that that would be really interesting and to know to what extent this debt is with, with Han. I think that would, might have been a misstep in this movie. I would have liked a little bit more. I agree. I agree. I, I, I would have liked a little more detail about that. Why? Once again, I don't agree with you. <laughs> and I don't All agree with you, Swank. So Jimmy Mac does point out that uh, he, he saved Chewie's life twice in the movie. Yeah. So it's like double Absolutely. life death. Yes, yes. So The first time in the, 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 the mud pit. Well, they, they were together to escape. But it was Han's idea. Right. Han right. knew how to get them out of there. Yeah. And the second time was on that train. Yeah, that he he saved Chewie. Yeah, but uh, anything else that you I would just like wanted to, to say? Thank you guys. I've been a listener since the very beginning. You've given with me this countless guy? hours. Do you remember? And I want to say it Pete? loud and say it proud. Yes. I'm a Pete Nadel fan. Ah. <laughs> Hashtag back the bring back Pete. Come back I got my eye on you guys. I'm watching you. Guys. Every time there's a guest host, I'm hoping is Pete back. <laughs> Jason did mention that all my fan were going to be here, so <laughs> thank you very much for showing up. <laughs> but thank you all. It's a pleasure listening to you. Thank Hope you so much. You have another twelve years. You're awesome, awesome, dude. Thank That's you great. so much. Great. Having too much fun. Yes. No, here's an Easter egg finally. that went by. That, well, I, no, finally. I, I, we're finally. not. We're not making anyone wait. Not, we finally have. So, so some class here. The voice of, of, of the next generation, the generation that we are going to be working for. Yeah, just pull that down. That happens to <laughs> so me all I the am, time. of course, all, just remember me when you're sitting up on top. And right. uh, you know, just remember, I was really nice to you that one time. <laughs> I, I made Swank be quiet so you can talk. So. What's your name? Ava. It's nice to meet you. How old are you, Ava? I'm 12. 12? Wow. Let's hear it. New generation of Star Wars fans. I mean, this has been around for 40 years, so we're really happy to see Where are you that from, young Ava? kids from are Canton. into it. You're from Canton, and you say it right. Mm-hmm. I'm from Canton. That's, what, that's, that's how we say, say it. I'm from Canton. Canton. So, uh, do you listen to Rebel Force Radio? Uh-huh. Wow. Do you really? Yeah. We probably live right down the street from one another. <laughs> <laughs> see my kids in the morning with me in the bus stop and all that. So, what do you have to say? Um, I really liked how when Donald Glover talked, it sounded a lot like Lando from yes. the real original Star Wars movies. Yeah. But I really didn't like the Wookiees, how Chewbacca was very much different from the other Wookiees. Oh, really? So Chewie like was different than the other, than that, that weird, yeah. like, little Wookiee? Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> But it, so so who's the who's the regular Wookiee? Is it Chewie or is it the I little Wookiee? I think it's Chewie because I just feel like it would have been more sense if they both looked somewhat more alike. I agree. What was going on with that other Wookiee? 
Thank you, Ava. That is so true. There can be variety with, I mean, look at us. Look at the variety of the people in this room. We don't all look alike. I mean, there's nothing yeah, wrong with having I mean, a... Tarful and Chewie looked a lot alike in episode three. Well, they weren't involved in the fast action sequences. What about what? In this... Lumpy. Lumpy. Well, oh well, Lumpy looked a lot like Adam Rich from TV's Eight Is Enough. So that was kind of Ava, a different looking Wookie too. Ava, have you ever endured? I mean, have you ever watched the holiday special? Um, no, so. you haven't. Okay, look it up on YouTube okay. and then yeah. send him all the complaint emails. <laughs> They're all like, no. You'll really understand the difference between Wookies when you see that. Um, but what uh, other than other than the the weird and I'm with you the weird Wookiee makes mm-hmm. no sense and once again we have a Star Wars movie uh, with like where's the Rodians where's the Trendoshans where's the there was a Rodian no did we spot one all right wait come no come here come here where where, where did you spot the Rodian I know you guys were like Chris hey what's up guys hey, what's Chris? up Chris hey. Chris is here um, so there was a, I knew I was gonna bring this up. Because you guys always talk about where's the, you know... The classic the aliens. There was a rodent uh, with Emphy's Nest gang towards the end when they take off the helmets. There's an <gasps> orange one. No. And then there's, there's an, an orange, orange rodent. Yeah. yeah and we missed an orange rodent. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the Twi'lek too? Multiple. No, yeah. I didn't see the Twi'lek. Yeah, I saw a couple of Twi'leks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They so. almost don't count, though. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Ava. <laughs> there was no. It's okay. I, the only thing I spotted was a, an alien from the pod race from episode one. With His species long, was represented at that sabac table with the long snoot and the teeth, and I, I forget what bulls roar. Ring any bells? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, it's if so it's bulls roar, I'll give myself a high five after the show. <laughs> Can anyone name all the pod racers? I tried to do that once. How many are there? I think there's... Eight? Twelve, at least. Oh, that many? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Look at the visual dictionary. Uh, Ava, can you name all the 12 pod racers? Can you name one? All right. So, Ava, I have to ask. You're 12 years old. So, what was your first Star Wars movie you remember watching? Um, I think it was... Was it the first? (laughs) Yeah, the... I watched him in order. You watched oh, him in order. Wait a minute. Is, well, what kind is, of order? Wait a minute. Is Dad here? Yeah. Hey, Dad, come on, come Good on, job. come on up. Good job. Here we go. Star Wait Wars enough. Dad coming up here. All right. Clear the way for Star Wars Dad. Say loud and say proud, my friend. We're happy to have you as a member of the club. Mm. We, we are indeed. So the first movie you had her watch was she watched them in chronological order. That Chronolog- like I did. So, One, two, three, four, five, six. No, no. Oh, in in in, in, in real life. Really, yes. re- release order. Yes. Four, five, six, one, two, three. Yes. I think that still makes the most sense. Was there? Now you're 12, so a couple few years ago we had Force Awakens. Did you get leapfrog? Did you have to leapfrog? We, we actually, I think, about three or four months before Force Awakens was going to come out. I said, well, you've got to watch them all before this movie comes out. Right, so. I did the same thing. Yeah, you're not so, allowed to go see so the other we, movie until right. you've seen. So we right, started right. and we watched four, five, six, and then one, two, three, and then. We may, and then actually, her grandfather came over the night and spent the night at our house because he's from out of town. The night before, we went to watch Force Awakens with him, and we watched four, five, six in a row that night so that he could get oh, caught up again with Grandpa. Yeah, how cool is Grandpa? Binging the OT with Gramps. I love it. So, Ava, what's that's your favorite good, Star that's Wars a good movie? Thing to do. Um, I think it has to be the Last Jedi. 
Ooh. Wow. So, well, it speaks to the young generation, and I guess that's what and Star Wars fans are supposed or Star Wars films are supposed to And your favorite Star Wars character? Princess Leia. Oh, oh. right. What about you, Dad? What's your name, by the way? Um, I'm Justin. Justin, where are you from, Justin? Canton. Canton. Another Canton. Right. Canton, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. And she actually uh, just guys. read the uh, Leia Princess of Alderaan novel. So. Well, that was oh, a good one. I enjoyed nice. that very much. That's her, yeah. I think that's her first expanded universe book that she's read. So. Right, the EU. <laughs> <laughs> I still call it that. Well, yeah, because, I mean, what do they call it, really? Now, well, it's it's. I thought they called material. the old EU legends. Right. So what do they call the new EU? The EU. Let's just. <laughs> do keep they calling really? Are they still calling it that? Oh, how original! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it shows what I know. Yeah, it but, shows what you read. Well, Ava and Dad, thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you. you guys. Great to have you. Thank you for joining us from. <laughs> I do like that. Uh, Justin had the same plan as you and I to, to make their kids watch the movies beforehand. And Ava's in the audience tonight, and my kids were like, what's a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> it is cute. Uh, Pete's girls and my kids, they, they play together and stuff. It's really, it's pretty awesome when you think about all those years ago and me coming to you that one day and said, hey, what are you doing tonight? <laughs> Want to go to Radio Shack and then record a podcast? <laughs> and look at us now. Here we are. Here we are in the basement. Uh, <laughs> which is the same place we started. <laughs> That's true. We can't get out of the basement. Can't get out of the basement. <laughs> at least it's not moms anymore. <laughs> Nissan has again teamed up with Star Wars. It's time to celebrate the release of Solo, a Star Wars story in theaters now. It's nice to be able to say that. Yeah, that's right. Happy 41st anniversary to Star Wars. That's right. This is today, the 25th, is Star Wars' birthday. This is the true Star Wars day. And not that May the 4th stuff, but we're talking about Nissan and uh, Pete. I arrived here in my Nissan Rogue tonight. It's not the special edition until I sit in it. Because <laughs> it comes with its very own Pete. <laughs> I just sit in the back, go. So, what do you think? <laughs> back to you, Jason. <laughs> He's still podcasting, folks. When no one hears the shows, it's really good. <laughs> That's, that's kind of sad. <laughs> what isn't sad is you have a chance to win your own custom-designed solo Nissan and a Nissan-exclusive full-scale Gentle Giant-inspired Imperial Range Trooper helmet in Nissan's Best in the Galaxy sweepstakes. You guys really should take advantage of the sweepstakes. Costs nothing to enter. All you have to do is visit NissanUSA.com slash solo right now to enter, and you could win. While you're there, check out the amazing Nissan customized Star Wars show cars. I am such a huge fan of these things. I've seen them in person, and these are amazing rides that they've tripped out to look like Imperial Walkers and the Millennium Falcon itself. Really incredible show cars from Nissan. And, of course, Nissan Intelligent Mobility, tech that takes your driving experience into hyperspace. 
Pete, did you take hyperspace as your route to get here tonight in your Nissan? I did, but I still got stuck in traffic on I-77. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how that happened, but I pulled right out of it. Hold on real quick. Hey, Siri. She's not working tonight. No. She's got the night That's off. Terrible. What's the score of She's the Cavs game? She's sealing solo right now. Oh, don't tell. This people might be VCRing. In the, I oh, hate when this it? happens. <laughs> I'm a sports fan. And spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Oh, this is... Plug your ears if you are... The Cavaliers are trailing the Celtics no! and the Six with seven minutes left in the first quarter. Oh, first quarter. It's, it's over. In game six of the uh, conference uh, finals. King LeBron saving it for the end. Ten to six. Don't worry about a thing, All folks. Right. All right. And you won't worry um, about a thing with Nissan Intelligent Mobility. <laughs> <laughs> It's Nissan's Best in the Galaxy sweepstakes and your opportunity to own your own solo Star Wars-inspired Nissan. Visit NissanUSA.com slash solo right now to enter and win. But you better do it soon because this contest ends June 3rd, 2018. You must be 18 years or older. And uh, this is, uh, you have to live in the United States or D.C. to be eligible to enter and win. That's NissanUSA.com slash solo. Well, that was wild. <laughs> That's my mom. Uh, mom! So maybe we could get Mama Mac to see Solo, a Star Wars story. And I would love you. that. I think she'd really I think she it. would find that Alden Ehrenreich quite dashing. He's quite, he's quite dashing. He's a dashing <laughs> young man. He's no Harrison. I got to though. meet Mama Mac and Papa Mac uh, just a couple weeks ago, and I got stranded in Chicago. Uh, while out there for work, and uh, they're so sweet. Oh my god! And then uh, Papa Mac comes up, and he's like all kissing on Mama Mac and talking about how pretty she looks Creepy. and everything. Well, <laughs> it's sweet. They're you know they've it been together sweet. for what like forty five years. It's great to see my parents can still act like their best friends in front of company. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm really happy. Fifty years. Fifty, 50 years. Yeah, wow, that's great. That's years. awesome. All right. So here's the thing. Lando is a cheater. And I had a little bit of a, a, a slight issue with that because there was something, again, like Han Solo, very roguish, uh, very um, kind of bad boy-esque, but bad boy with the heart of gold. I didn't really feel that about Lando. There, I mean, Lando was interesting, and I enjoyed watching him, and, and Donald Glover was amazing and just captured the essence so well. But he wasn't all that likable to me. He was very selfish. He very selfish. them during the showdown with Amphi's oh, Nest in the great. game. When the Falcon just takes yeah. splits. <laughs> <laughs> he's out of there. But he's got that little... Um, uh, thing on his wrist that right. shoots the cards The out? device, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is that that Hasbro Force Reader like the <laughs> makes the action figures talk? Well, he did have a device there that was feeding him cards underneath yeah. the table, and uh, Han snagged it. Mm -hmm. So I immediately think about when they get reunited on Cloud City. Yeah. And what have you done to my ship? Your ship? I want, hey. it, I want it from you fair and square. You know, right. That really means something now. Because Lando's right. a cheating SOB, <laughs> and he deserved to lose the Falcon to Han. Let's face it. Let's see. What else do we have here? We got uh, War I, I was expecting a round of applause there, but this, this is a, a pro-Lando crowd. I, 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 I'm, getting, I'm feeling that. I, I'm feeling pro-Lando. So go Cal Rizzi. But I, but I think that um, 
But I think that in the same way that Marvel has done this so masterfully is that, you know, you'll have a character that'll enter into a film and then they'll spin them off into another film and then you get like the whole 360 degree view of that character. Right. And I think that, I think Lando is deserving of uh, his own movie. A I really film. do. I, does really? anyone else feel that way? I do. Well, I this is so. a pro Lando crowd. Of course, that's what they want. And but I agree. I would question. like to see that Bill, too. Bill, if we could have you come back to the to the mic because we were talking earlier about uh, you, you saw uh, some questions online about should we assume that this is the the last meeting between Han and Lando before oh, right. before well, they get to Cloud that? City? Yeah, we we discussed that a little bit. I mean, I don't I don't know how many people think this, but. Uh, uh, um, we want to see. I, I got to turn he's around. Gotta, he's got to He's like Lenny Bruce. Here we should from have got him his own podium. <laughs> um, I want to. I want to be able to see uh, Han and Lando together again, and I, I'm hoping that they're not. We're, that the assumption is not that this is the last time we see them until they see each other on Cloud City, right? I mean, that's that's my impression. There's got to be more adventures and more opportunities for these two guys to bond. Um, I think so. If there were more, no more movies, I suppose they could do it that way. But I would feel a little cheated. And because yeah. Lando says, "You slimy, no good, double crossing swindler," you got a lot of guts showing up around. You here. got a lot of guts coming here. <laughs> <laughs> After what you pulled. <laughs> So he says that, and what, what did Han pull? Han, Han stripped did, him of his ability to cheat. Yeah, so is Han, like, is Han supposed to be feeling like he dissed Lando by taking that? Oh, well, of course he did. Well, I think it was, it was pretty well done because if they don't do any more, it sets up Empire just fine. But if they do do more, it's, it, that's okay, too. I think they were sort of hedging their bets a little bit there in case... You know, they don't get the opportunity to do more. Absolutely. But I, w- I would love to see more Han and Lando, you know, the young, crazy adventures. We've got, uh, what else do we have here? These are some more Easter eggs here. Um, they're, they're claiming that George Lucas gets a few little acknowledgments uh, with uh, the fact that there's, of course, a big car chase there. And um, something about the, the droid uprising that L3 instigates resembles, in more than a few shots, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Did anybody catch that? Was that... Something that jumped Well, of out. course, you know, this, those kids were all being oppressed and they had to work as slaves in the mines. I know, but the, the, I didn't necessarily. It says, like, well, in, I didn't in, jump in to that shots. Conclusion. He's just got a very Lucasfilm frame of mind as he's reviewing this film. Apparently, yeah. apparently. Um, what else that. Uh, oh, boy, yeah, does Han shoot first or what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Oh, man. Yeah. Put an end to uh, the monologue there from Woody Harrelson pretty quick. <laughs> I had a feeling Woody had a few more paragraphs to go through on putting into that rant. Somebody pointed out online that uh, Tobias Beckett needs to hook up with uh, with uh, Cliff Clavin, uh, his character. Yeah, Empire it's inevitable. Back. John Ratzenberger should return his uh, major major Durlin, Durlin right? from <laughs> everyone's favorite character from Empire Strikes Back. Did anyone even know that that was Cliff Clavin? I mean, for the longest time, until it was like revealed in Star Wars Insiders, or somebody put two and two together. I don't think he uses his own voice in that movie, does he? He does at one point. It uh, is his own when, voice. When he tells everyone, okay. Oh, thank you, thank you. There's <laughs> Billy him? Man. Yeah, that's him. That's but his not, original not voice. The, the shield doors must be closed. Now that's a voiceover. That's a. Vo- that's yeah, yeah. not the same actor. Right. So he goes. He has two different voices. One of them is his. Yeah. And you can hear it. You can hear Cliff Clavin in that way. Everybody, ships, let's go. Yeah. 
Well, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Sam. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he's, <laughs> oh, he geez, started, you know that's, that. that was the cutscene when he started to reveal uh, obscure facts about uh, <laughs> the planet Hoth and its uh, climate in that time of year. Is Caitlin still here? Where's Caitlin? Where's my friend Caitlin? Uh, she did she five leave? minutes of this and she left. She's a young mom. I think that friend status is really tenuous. It's right so now. sad. <laughs> I was going to embarrass her. This and make is her what come he does. <laughs> Caitlin. <gasps> Are any of my friends here? Stefan? Ste- Stefan's here. God, Stefan, come on up. Stefan Drotliff, Stephen. who's a really good friend. There's so many people to thank. Stefan is, uh, well, he's one of them. But uh, Tony and David and, uh, and, and Caitlin and everybody here at Playhouse Square has been so awesome to sort of, this is very weird for me because this is a side of, my life that none of them ever really see. Now, Stefan does because he listens to the show, but no one really knows this. And so to sort of uh, combine, you know, relationship, George, and <laughs> Star Wars Jason with Playhouse Square Jason is pretty cool. But, uh, Stefan, I, you were with us last night. Right. And uh, we want to get some of your thoughts here on Solo, a Star sure. Wars story. Well, uh, well, to sum up, it's loved it. Yep. Very lighthearted, like you're saying, summertime, popcorn. Mm-hmm. Three things that I wanted to see in it, and I got to see all three of them. Ooh, what were they? Uh, the relationship of Han and Chewie. Yep. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, they met. Relationship of Han and Lando. Mm-hmm. Check. Mm-hmm. And yep. that detachable piece of the Falcon, which was <laughs> driving me crazy. Yeah, why is it look and so good? Well, we were talking about that because we both grew up with the original Kenner toy. Right. And there was that, like, that the, the little hole between the two, there was the two forks. Yeah, and I used to try to, like, bend figures and, like, get them in there. Like, you bend them in half <laughs> yeah, and stick them. We're in going there. on a ride from hell! <laughs> <laughs> And then you finally got, like, Yoda and the Ewoks, and they could fit in there really well. And you would shoot the Falcon around. But it always looked like something was missing. Right. As a part of that. So you were happy to see that. And in a great part of the movie, too. Right. I mean, you think that that's going to be their escape, and then it it almost isn't. Yeah. Right. It's It's a a Plus, then it also serves the continuity of people that were saying, well, no, it's not supposed to have that, but that's a modification from Lando, so we're all good. I'm right. happy to see the Millennium Falcon evolve because it is as important a character to these films as Han and Chewie. Oh, in it's my definitely book. I mean, a character. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, that's the Holy yeah. Trinity right there, Han, Chewie, and the Falcon. You yeah. can't go better. Yeah. Well, speaking of characters, there was, you know, in addition to the, the Falcon being a character, some people have said that the Force is... A character, almost, For sure. in, yeah. in Star Wars. In fact, somebody, like, I think they had an action figure a card with a bubble on it, and there was nothing in it, and it was just, like, the Force. <laughs> <laughs> somebody sells that on eBay, which is brilliant. It's like Pet, pet Ghost, the empty box. Um, did you miss the, the, the Force? No. Not really. No? You, you didn't yeah, feel that this was... It still felt Star Wars, even without that, that aspect of it. Definitely. And I think that's all due to the Han Solo character. And, and you have the Lawrence Kasdan writing behind mm-hmm. that, which mm-hmm. really gave it that original trilogy feel. And when you think of it in hindsight, yeah, there is no force. But did you miss it? I didn't. I, I didn't. Honestly, I, I really I, didn't. When you think about it, yeah, sure, okay, it wasn't there, but mm-hmm. 
I didn't feel like it was a, a miss. Yeah. Something I didn't catch, you, you mentioned the Lawrence Kasdan writing. Uh, I didn't uh, catch the I hate you, I know until I read about it later. Did anyone catch that? Well, Anna says, yeah, I hate you, and he's like, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, perfect. in that perfect. scene, it's not like Alden Ehrenreich is voice-matching Harrison Ford or anything, but there's just the cockiness attitude of the Carillion pirate that is just so present in that right. moment. That smile right. that Alden right. has with, with, with the teeth and the thing, like that big, goofy grin is that... that, that that kind of jackass grin that Han gives many times in, in A New Hope, you know. I think Alden uh, captured a bit of that essence. He wasn't mimicking Harrison Ford. Yeah. But yet, it, I, I compare it to James Bond's. I'll never forget Sean Connery, and I'll always compare every James Bond to him. But going into the movie, I have to let go of that right away and just appreciate the character more than the actor who originally portrayed that character. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was a gamble to try that with someone like Han Solo. A lot of people want to say, oh, it was unnecessary. This was an unnecessary movie. Well, let, let me ask you a question, Brainiac. What movie ever really was necessary? <laughs> Can you breathe? Can you walk? Can you talk without seeing a movie? No, nothing is necessary when it comes to the world of entertainment. It's all disposable. Face up the facts. That is a weird criticism. It is a weird criticism. This movie criticism. was entirely unnecessary. Unnecessary. <laughs> Unnecessary. Well, you stay home, and I'll go to this movie because, and have a, a damn good time while I'm watching it. So for sure, uh, yeah, maybe it's not necessary, but it was something that he surely appreciated having access to, and well, I'm going to see it again another 499 times. Well, Stefan was uh, very helpful in getting all of this set up, so thank you very much, Stefan. Yes. Thank you, Stefan, and thank you, and all the guys, beautiful signage you. that you see outside for. Uh, Solo in Ohio, Stefan made sure that that got up there, and we thank Kevin Lyle, who was uh, sort of created that logo for us. And we have well. the T-shirts, everyone. We did promise you T-shirts, yep. so we're going to give Everybody them out to you. Everybody got their buttons. They were on your seats. And then we do have the T-shirts that will be available here and, uh, uh, the after t-shirts, the show. The T-shirts uh, came from our friends at Black Cat Merchandising for over 75 75- Years, Black Cat has been in the screen printing industry, and you're going to uh, really appreciate the quality screen printing of uh, these solo shirts. Uh, they're really amazing, and uh, if you're interested in grabbing merchandise for yourself, for your business, uh, for your event, uh, whatever, reach out to blackcatmerch.com. And get your project started today. That's blackcatmerch.com. And you guys will really appreciate the quality of these solo shirts. I I think you'll really like it. Uh, They do everything. T-shirt, tank tops, hoodies, embroidered hats, and more. Blackcatmerch.com. We have a few more minutes before we have to wrap up. We'd love to hear more from you all. So if you have questions or comments you want to make. All right, we've got someone else here. What's your name? Uh, Hold on, let me turn on your microphone there. Are you Actually, another, are Jimmy's you another son, Michael? Michael? Yeah. Oh, oh you are? Oh, thank God. Did, did, did you let the dog out before you came? I did. It okay. took care of it. I just want to make sure, you know. Took care of it. Okay. Homework has been completed. It's so. all good. It's all good. Just past the, the 12th grade. Make I'm sure just kidding. You, I'm 30 years old now. So. Make sure you take a shower before. Uh, so you're younger than his son. Younger than his son? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of the questions have been already asked, but... Uh, 
what critiques, if any, did you have? Any criticism of the movie? Personally, I think yeah. the way Han Solo was given his last name, I was a little uncomfortable well, with. Well, I liked that. Oh, I, it had like an it? Ellis Island feel to it okay. that, you know, I mean, you saw Vito Corleone go through the same thing in Godfather 2. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, I liked that. And I liked the fact that we never knew what his real last name was. I, I liked that air of mystery about him. I mean, we really don't know where Han came from. How does he know how to speak Wookiee? There are still unanswered mysteries about Solo. But if I did have a critique about the film, I uh, felt like the pacing really fell off in the last third of the film. Mm, and yeah. I found it hard to get invested in Emphys Nest and all of that, that after odd. all we'd already been through. It was a little odd. Another thing is, is I'm a little disappointed Kira delivered the killing blow to Drayden Voss yeah. and it wasn't Han. Han was there. He had his blaster drawn. But it went. It did not go to the title character, yeah. the guy who we uh, paid admission to see. It went to Kira, and part of me is like, "Well, yeah, Kira has a more. She has more invested in a relationship with this guy. They have more of a history, mm-hmm. so it probably did make sense that she was the one to deliver the killing blow." But again. I would rather have seen Han do it just because we were there seeing a movie called Solo. So I think we're going to find out that's an important part of the Crimson Sun. I agree. Could that tie into an Obi-Wan standalone at any point? It could. Point? It could. Bill, Billy Mac was saying that. Weren't you that Darth Maul's return could open the door to his there, yeah. return in a Kenobi film? Yeah. I really don't. Obviously, Kira is the thing that keeps Darth Maul connected to Han Solo, because he has a relationship mm-hmm. to her. So you could see Darth Maul in a future Solo film if there's going to be one. But I don't necessarily think that we're locked into that. The yeah. Darth Maul story could evolve through other films in the saga. So. My biggest complaint, and I mentioned that before, was I would have liked to have heard more about Chewbacca. I would have liked to have Agreed. heard... Han kind of, uh, you know, through Chewie, uh, talk about maybe some of the things that he's gone through, how long he was there, is he separated from his family, Mm -hmm. does he have a family, all of those things. It just kind of was, that part was a little bit rushed. Mm -hmm. I am very grateful, however, that they didn't rush us through the Jabba stuff, the Boba Fett stuff, Mm -hmm. all that. They are definitely pacing themselves so that, you know, we might get... More of that, but let's give some love to Chewie a little bit more. Yeah. You know, there was the hug incident of uh, the Force Awakens, yeah. and JJ. I love that JJ Abrams has absolutely no defense for that. He's like, yeah, that was a terrible decision. I, I don't know what I was thinking when I did that. I was looking the other way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you so much. Yep. We we do have a few guys waiting here, not too yes, much time. So let's some do more. some rapid fire. Uh, Back and forth here. Hey, man, what's your name? I'm Clay from Maslin, Ohio. Clay. Clay Maslin, uh, Matt Lanter, also from Maslin. Um, I just want to say we talked about the uh, the Easter eggs, but we didn't mention Aura Singh. And right, yep. this, I feel like this movie tied in a lot. You know, mm-hmm. It tied into Rebels. It tied into Clone Wars. And I feel like it could tie into Obi-Wan in a way that maybe they go to Tatooine. They talked about Jabba the big shot gangster you know but maybe they Obi-Wan meets Han Solo in Mos Eisley you know Obi-Wan's getting a drink or something mm-hmm. and that's why when they go to Mos Eisley in New Hope they kind of know who to look for and they're looking for Chewbacca and right. Obi-Wan or Han Solo yeah 
Well, obviously, Obi-Wan has a history at the Mos Eisley Cantina. As right. they approach it, he says, this place could be a little rough. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, maybe he and Han were going at it together against some other, you know, bad thugs or something. And so it, it does appear that Obi-Wan does have some sort of knowledge, acknowledgement, of, at least of Chewbacca. Chewbacca, yeah. And, Chewbacca here knows Chewbacca's connection to Yoda right. in Revenge of the Sith might be the thing that provides that connection. And then um, another thing we didn't mention, but you, I was super pumped to see Darth Maul, my favorite character. You know, mm-hmm. Maul showed up. I was pumped. But what year were you born? Ninety-five. That explains ah, it. Yeah. <laughs> Prequel <Baby>. generation. <laughs> but uh, Warwick Warwick Davis. You know. Yeah. We saw him. I was super pumped. Weasel. Know? He he finally got one on Anthony Daniels. You know, showing up <laughs> in the movie. You know, he had a voice, but he was. Well, That's no true. One cares, you know? Oh, Anthony's gonna be so oh. upset but, about yeah, that. Maybe, maybe and, they can wrestle I've, it out on the stage at Celebration. <laughs> yeah, I've never been to Celebration, but their their panel together was one of my favorite to watch. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what they yeah that was cool what they do next year. I'm Is anyone yeah. going to Star Wars Celebration in Chicago next year? Yeah, Am I going to see you guys there? Come on! I hope to do something cool like this in Chicago. So. You guys are all invited. Yeah, maybe more than once. Who knows? My wife asked, how many people are sleeping over at our house next April? <laughs> and I said, and, uh, don't worry about it. Just everyone who's uh, at our uh, Solo in Ohio event, they're, they're okay. <laughs> so we got the futon rolled out for you all. You and we have our, share, our, but... our Atlanta boy right uh, here. No, my name's Dylan, and I'm from Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Officer John, yes, how are yeah. you, sir? Good. Uh, so guys... I, I, lo- I love your shirt, of course. Uh, the... Uh, yeah. Why don't you tell everyone what it says? It's the what is that? Some kind of a nerd thing? I <laughs> <laughs> you sound just like her. He, oh, oh but I don't look like her. That's uncanny. all I gotta say. Yeah, my sister does not even know about that yet. Oh. <laughs> come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. So everyone has heard the story about. Um, obviously, a famous family tradition of mine is to start watching Star Wars A New Hope at a certain point in time, 10.02 in 48 seconds, on New Year's Eve. And I time it out just that way because right at the stroke of midnight, the Death Star explodes. And uh, so everyone uh, gives high fives, and it's amazing. And uh, we it's actually shot a video. in New York. That's pretty- it's way better than them dropping that ball. We blow the ball up. We blow that sucker up. <laughs> And uh, we shot a video of it this year that went incredibly viral on on, uh, on social media. It was uh, over three million hits. It was incredible. So I hope this is a tradition everyone really picks up on. Ten o two forty eight is when you should start the movie on uh, New Year's Eve. So we were at my parents' house uh, for a, a New Year's Eve a few years ago. Traditionally, I just stay at home, but we went to my mom and dad's house, and everyone was there, including. Billy Mac and I, uh, our sister, our lovely sister, Sheila, and uh, we were discussing our plan. Okay, all right, listen, 10.02 and 48 seconds, 10.02 and 48 seconds, okay, okay, go, break. And so, so Sheila walked in and goes, what are you guys, what, what is this, some kind of nerd thing? <laughs> and it, oh, God, it took the wind right out of my sails. So I, I, I was no, going to happen on her watch. <laughs> I said that was not going to happen on her watch. No, no, no. You no. think this guy's a strong personality? <laughs> <laughs> well, that is true. That is true. And, and so, yeah, it took the wind out of my sails, and that's like one of the only years in the past 20 that I didn't blow up the Death Star on mid- at midnight. It's all because of the intimidation. So you want to hear about you know people getting bullied and stuff. I, 
I know what I feel you. <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean I don't mean to make light of now yield the rest of your time like to John. I, I do, I do. So oh, J- Officer we, John, please, the podium is yours. Yes, I just yeah. thought uh, the movie was excellent. I personally loved Alden. I think he didn't try too hard to be Harrison. Mm-hmm. And when he was in the cockpit and they went to light speed for the first time, his expression, it was like, yeah. okay, that's where Han fell in love with true space flight. The, mu- yeah. the musical hits, they didn't lean too much on the stuff, but they hit it right at the right times mm-hmm. when the Falcon or Chewie or something. And uh, Easter egg, I don't know if anybody caught, and I think I saw it, above the, where they were having the first card game. It has an upshot and comes down. I could have sworn that the bait animal on Endor with the teeth yeah. that they hung to catch our crew is hanging above that. I have to go see it no a second kidding. time. Ooh. I think I saw that. The, I mean, the carcass that Chewie goes for? The carcass for? with the one that looks like its face is in its butt and the legs yeah, are right. like this. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way to explain it. Uh, so but I, second look, I, go look. It's right. It, it's a pan shot and it comes down. I could have sworn that's. I did. I think I mentioned that last night. But uh, Pete, that's interesting. Longtime fan, huge. Aww. Your you and Steve Glosson on the Friday Force run with the toys when Jimmy stepped out was oh. some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen. <laughs> Or heard, I want you to step your game up and get on the A team. Midnight oh, get on the A team. Called out. Step Thank it up you very Pete. much. You got to step it up. Midnight, Matt. Do you remember that? I was like, hey, I got an idea. What, what if we covered. Just call in. Just call in. We're, we're just going to talk to you for a minute. Yeah, right. But we did this coast to coast midnight madness. We started, you know, at midnight when the toys were released. What movie was it? Was it. Uh, must have been for Force Awakens. Force, Force, Force Awakens. Yeah. yeah, it was. Wasn't? What? Was it? No, 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 no. no, no it was Clone, a Clone Wars. Wars. It was Clone, Clone Wars, Wars movie. movie. Yeah. No, we did no. do it again for Force Awakens. We did. We, did. we tried to replicate the magic of that Clone well, Wars. Was, night. There yeah. wasn't much magic, but yeah, so yeah, we did do it on the Clone Wars one. And I remember that distinctly because um, we met some people that knew who we were. Because uh-huh. it was you and I that went out, or no, I went out. I went. Out. I was in the you the, were you the, were the, the, the forecast studio. And so I talked to you, that and time. then I hung up the phone and butt dialed my wife at like twelve thirty. She loved it. She was so happy to hear me talking in the distance to people that she didn't know about Star Wars toys. It was awesome. That's what we do on our anniversary now, just just to bring back the magic. So just so if anyone was wondering why Pete no longer does the show, I think that we all know why. That, that is not the reason. Who else we got here? Hello there. Hello. Oh, that's Hello a there. Uh, it's a live mic. Yeah. Um, well, I'm Simon from Akron. Hey, Simon. Hello, Simon. And, um... Well, gee, now I feel like I'm going to be repeating what that one guy said earlier, but going back to... Oh, well, you'll see in a minute. But <laughs> um, but uh, no, I was going to say, I really liked uh, Han Solo, but whenever I think about it, the first thing that comes up is uh, the reappearance of good old, uh, good old shopping mall. Yeah. But uh, Shopping mall. Because you can't call him Darth anymore. No, you, right. no, you can't. You gotta so think you're, of not a, you're not a fan. Huh? Oh, no. 
Well, I I am a fan, but what I'm thinking is how weird it is because I have a sister and she's sitting there and it's like, wait, Darth Maul's dead, right? right? Yeah. So I spend like the next couple minutes just sitting there talking to her and it's like, okay, so in the Clone Wars, it turns out he wasn't dead and some like junk spider legs and, uh, <laughs> and he's a... Uh, yeah. And these guys found her, and uh, one of them's... Just wait till Jimmy Mack has to explain that to his dad. No, no, that's all right, that's all right. legs and everything. That's all right, you're, you're laying this all out like a, a Wikipedia entry, a Wikipedia entry. You, you, sound, you sound just like it. I, I, every time I open that page, I get more confused than I was before I looked. So, so okay, spider legs, and yeah, then what I was, happened? I was continuing talking to her, and, like, and found her, this, this one guy who's technically his brother, but uh, not really, and uh, I don't know. And she's just like, I'll, I'll just have to watch the Clone Wars. So <laughs> is that you brother? You brother? You brother? You brother? You brother? You brother? Um, so I guess basically what I was saying is that um of course that's setting up for a Kenobi movie and I would yes. love to see that but also maybe a movie about like Darth Maul and how he got to where he is cuz like on top of that Clone Wars there's also that obscure comic series you guys mis- you guys mentioned Yeah, well they're all obscure um, but there is that there is that missing uh, that there is that gap right between yeah. what we saw at the end of the Clone Wars and then what we see then you know in Rebels. So uh, is that what that that comic book thing is that what that well yeah attempts that to, comic book thing it does uh, address what happened and uh, mm-hmm. you know I, I wouldn't imagine that that would be strictly followed as canon as a rollout movies I mean how would you feel if they completely rebooted the whole story about Darth Maul that was told oh. but I don't think they would they, yeah. they strictly stated that, that the Clone Wars is going to be followed as official canon it was George Lucas created so they, they should honor that but uh, yeah it's going to be interesting to see where they go with Darth Maul because I really felt like his story had been told. Shopping Maul, as we call it. <laughs> yeah, Shopping Maul. What is your favorite story at the Darth Maul Shopping Mall? What is it? My favorite story, like Darth Maul wise? Or? No, just if you were to shop at the Darth Maul. At the mall. Darth Maul Shopping Mall. Yeah, it would it'd be like, you know, Sith Lord Pretzels, you know, or you, you go snack at the. Uh, you go get a, a, a Jamba juice that's like infused with midi chlorians. I mean, what? I, I feel uh, like I'd be expecting to see a mug, like a Darth Maul mug, just like at the horns around the edge. Yeah, you know, everything at Banana Republic is black. <laughs> it's, the, it's the shopping mall, the, the Darth, Darth mall. mall shopping mall. Well, thank you very much. We I appreciate it. I buy gifts you. for my wife at uh, Lady Proximus. <laughs> Lady Proximus. Hello, sir. What was with Lady Proximus? Where else have I seen like the. The, the creature coming out of the water, and I, I swear... Where? Where else is this? Legend. Maybe that's it. I feel like when... when that is one... Uh, the gentleman before asked about the complaint. That was another one that I had with Lady Proxima. Uh, was I feel like I... That whole sequence I feel like I've seen before. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And they're done that. Legend, right? Legend. Yeah. Anyway. You have some weird thing coming Hello, I'm John from Canton. Hey, Hi, John. John. Hey, no, 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 no. You have to say Canton. Canton. John, what are you going to be singing for us today? <laughs> I, I kind of felt like that the whole time. Like, I actually is... can, I can sing whatever you'd like, actually. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, seriously, I can sing whatever you want. <laughs> I'm a big musical theater fan, I think, just like Jason's. So. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Yes. Actually, the first time I ever saw you was doing Secret Garden at the Players Guild. 
No yes. way. Oh, come on. Was he on stage? Yeah, he was playing Dickin in the Secret Garden. Oh, my what? God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you guys related? No. No. Is, this is the weirdest moment of my entire life. <laughs> Do you have photos? <laughs> I don't, but you know how I found out who you were was mm-hmm. I, you know Steve Parsons, right? I do know Steve. Okay, yeah. so Steve. I was talking to him about Rebel Force Radio, mm-hmm. and he's like, I was on the first episode of Rebel Force Radio. Yeah, Steve was our he first was. guest. First guest. <laughs> Very first guest of all time. And yeah. he's like, Jason on that show used to do shows here. Uh-huh. And that's how I figured out who you were. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Well, very good to meet you. I wish Steve was here. Actually. I wish you would get back into acting. I want to see you on stage. What, what was the presentation? It was, it was the, the Secret Garden, and he was playing Dickin. Did he sing? He did. Did he dance? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Nobody no, wants but to we see have that. time to prepare for Star Wars Celebration Chicago. So <laughs> if that doesn't get you interested... Sir, do you have a question? I do have a question. (laughs) (laughs) My question is, do you think that the uh, double-sided blade that Dryden Voss had was something he got from Darth Maul and is some symbol Uh, of Darth Maul? I wondered that. I felt that that, that... it was almost like a hybrid between a lightsaber and an actual, you know, blade or knife or something. That was, that was very lightsaber-ish. I would not be surprised. I think that's a that's a good observation uh, and a great wh- memory <laughs> of Jason dancing oh. and singing. Good observation, better Let's memory. Let's keep it Star Wars, okay? <laughs> Can we keep it Star Wars? But I, I actually like that idea because that you know it's, it's now when you go back and you look at it, it's like a little bit of cl- you know it's a bit of a clue. As to who's uh, coming up. Very good. One other question real yeah. quick before I go. Do you, would you like to see um, Alden Ehrenreich play Indiana Jones? After seeing Oh, my Ooh, God. Indiana Jones? I... Sure. Why not? I hate they're going to make more Indiana Jones movies, and so it would be really perfect symmetry. I'm, I'm still breathing River Phoenix. I thought he was so great as young Indiana Jones. Uh, not to take anything away from, uh, what was that other guy? From the Indiana Jones Chronicles. Oh, Neil Patrick Flannery, I think his name was. Neil Patrick Harris? Harris. Who's Neil Patrick Flannery? (laughs) (laughs) John Patrick Flannery, that's it. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. you. Uh, Actually, no, I would would love to see... You know what I want to really see, truly, is uh, an uh, uh, Indiana Jones animated series. This is so wizarding. I've been waiting to play that all night. Sorry. <laughs> we're, we're running out of time. So yes. I, uh, The Flash is here. Hey, Flash. Hey, man. Uh, my name is Gage. I'm from Ohio. How old are you? Uh-huh. I'm 15. What school Where in do you Ohio? go to? Uh, Hudson. No, answer my oh, questions. Hudson. Don't answer his. <laughs> I'm asking the questions here. What high school do you go to? Hudson. Hudson? What's the name of your team? Explorers. Go Explorers. <laughs> What's your question? Uh, I actually uh, I got really excited when they were uh, around the campfire the day before the heist and Han Solo got the DL-44. Yes! I'm that excited was... you know it's a DL-44. Yeah. I play some Battlefront. That's incredible. <laughs> I am. Wow. Right on. Right on. I was kind of confused because um, he, like, converted it from a sniper rifle into the DL-44. Like, he, like, took it apart, messed around with it, and then tossed it to him. 
across the fire. And I was Is that what happened? Yeah, he like... It was a rifle? It was a And he kind of un- disassembled yeah. it? He like assembled the DL-44. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. You, you didn't like that part? You I was that- just confused on it, and I wanted to see what you guys thought about that. Hmm. You're I making thought- me feel really dumb right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're so much smarter and more intuitive than I am. Um... Yeah, I think it's dumb, too. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows it's a DL-44. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, I thought it was just cool that we saw how Han got that iconic blaster. Mm-hmm. We saw how Han got the Millennium Falcon. We saw how Han got his furry co-pilot. He's had that through every movie he's been in. He's had that uh, blaster. and That's I just, right. was pretty exciting for me because I play like the video games and that. What's your favorite Star Wars video game? It's Star Wars Battlefront EA, the first one. Right, I, you get you know, all we, the. We, we have a bit of a gamer right here. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you killed a lot of people on there? Because <laughs> I was one of them. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's okay. He doesn't co-host anymore. He's expendable. So, but uh, but well, that's cool. And, and you've been a Star Wars fan for how long? Um, ten years. Since you were five. And what got you interested in Star Wars? Star Wars uh, Lego. Let me guess. Probably yeah, Lego. Yeah. My brother and all his toys and stuff. He got me into Star Wars. He got me into you guys about three years ago. Wow. Really? Mm-hmm. Is your brother here? Oh yes. All right, you're a good boy. You're doing the right thing, looking out for your brother and turning him on to Star Wars stuff. All right, good to meet you. Thank you. Thank Thank you so much. Anyone else? All right, I think we got one more. One more for one more. We have time for one more. You guys want to go together? Are you together? A duet. We're not together. You're not. Well, now you are. Okay. Jason's playing matchmaker apparently. Okay, okay, uh-huh. all right. Sorry, buddy. I'm Corey from Tiffin, Ohio. I just. Corey from quick, Tiffin? Uh, what'd you guys think of the score? John Powell kill it or not so much? So here's the weird thing about the score uh, it's now been dropped to iTunes, right? Is it, okay, but, yes. but, but like as of yesterday, it hadn't, right? Right. It, it, and it was, it was sort of unceremoniously dropped. It seemed like it just kind of yeah. came at the last minute. What did I think of the score? Um, I, I have to tell you. I couldn't walk out out of the theater humming the Han Solo theme. I didn't know when it was or where it was, and, and clearly this is the first time I've seen it. Uh, I don't want to be, you know be harsh about it, but there wasn't a, a oh that's Han Solo's theme. Did did you all feel that that was like really no, obvious? Totally what was his it. theme? I really liked the Enfys Nest music, but I totally missed the Han Solo. I stuff. did too. I did too. Can anyone hum the Han Solo theme? Solo, nothing but solo. Um, I will say that there was um, very little of the score that jumped out at me unless it was uh, themes that we've already heard. Um, uh, Maybe forgettable. Well, I hate to say it. Hard to say after first viewing. I, I listened to it on the way up. Actually, I asked Siri to to play the solo soundtrack. It's Siri. Not Surrey. Surrey. In, Surrey is with the Canton, fringe on top. In Canton, we say Siri. <laughs> so I, I asked. See why whatever, they can't podcast together anymore? To, to play uh, the solo soundtrack and said, sure, here's solo pianos by 
Jeffrey Somersing, and it was uh, no, but I did ask and, and got the right soundtrack, and it was much more interesting hearing it independent of the movie and hearing it second time. So, if you if you were let down by it, try it try it again. Okay, thank Give you. Guys. Shot. Okay, thank cool. you very and, much. And the final question: What's your name again? Hi, I'm Jacqueline from North Jacqueline. Camp. From I where? Said, I, I North said again. Canton. North Canton, all right. Yes. Did you go to Hoover? I did. Excellent. So did 2002. I. 2002. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was the year right after you, right? Yeah, all right. So, yes. I loved it. I liked seeing Chewie in action. Uh-huh. It was the most we've seen in any other movie. But for the other Wookiee, I thought... They've been slaving for so long, they could be all like emaciated and losing oh, hair and losing body mass and everything. I like that's I like that. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I love the world building. Like Corellia looked really neat and gritty and like pollution summarized everything. Yeah. No, I think the, the, you world building, which is what you just said, I think that is exactly what's been on display here in this movie and in Rogue One. I also love that there was, I think there was a, a mention of Scarif at one point in the film. Right. And it's starting to get very connected. Something that Jimmy mentioned, too, and is that, you know, Darth Maul, I mean, that is, you can't get a more bolder connection to the uh, prequel trilogy than Darth Maul. And we've kind of felt that. Disney has had sort of this weird relationship with the prequel trilogy. Like, you don't really want to talk about it all that much. It's Well, and it tied into Clone Wars well, and the comics, the and Clone Rebels, and like, it was neat to see it all tie together. Yeah, it was really good. And, and that's something I think that Rogue One in particular and, and also Solo have done, which is make it feel like one big universe. Well, thanks very so much, much for being here. Thank oh, you thank for coming you. out. That's fantastic. We really appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for coming out and joining us for Solo in Ohio. I wish we could do this every week. I really do. Well, we do do it every week. Wow, this has been so much fun. Thank you all so much for being here and uh, listening to us for 12 years now. Is that how long we've been here? <laughs> it feels like an, just an hour and a half, two we, hours. We could stay another two, three hours. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, so many people to thank. Of course, Playhouse Square and uh, the Kennedy's Theater here. Uh, our friends uh, Stefan and Joe and Tony and David and uh, Caitlin, who left. I don't know. <laughs> I was excited to talk to Caitlin. And Adrian, what? who helped us out Adrian, here. Adrian, right. Adrian, of course, our house manager. Give it up for Adrian. All right, Adrian. Our wonderful house manager. Our bartenders, which we hope you will keep very busy for the next half hour. At least but it's I will. just been an absolute thrill. How about a hand for our old buddy Pete? Pete! Right here. Bring back Pete! How about a hand for Billy Mac? Billy D. McInerney. Yeah, there it is. Remember, get your Orlando mustache from Bill after the show. And a big thanks to our friends at uh, at Nissan and uh, who was Tops. the other one? And Tops. And the Star Wars Card Trader app. I know they got lots of great stuff for uh, Solo, so check them out. Uh, you know where to find us, RebelForceRadio.com. Of course, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, so please keep in touch. We love to hear from you. We love the voicemails. We love the emails. Uh, we get, believe me, we listen to them. And we read each and every one of them. You all mean so much to us. Thank you all. We love you. And we'll see you next time here on Rebel Force Radio 4. RFR, I'm Jason. And I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember, Force will be with you.